All right, greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home. Inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Sinorama Studios and built by the Barndo Co., where you can build your dream home, as we tell you every day. And we know many of you have reached out to them. We appreciate that. As low as $160 per square foot if you live in the Carolinas, if you live in Georgia, or if you live in Tennessee. We, of course, are served by Chicken Cock Whiskey, and it is chilly outside. Great time to have some fine bourbon, especially during football season. Two games left for the Gamecocks, both at home, both at night. Kentucky coming up first. Plenty of that today with us, JC, JB, and Phil. Here in just a moment with Hale McGranahan. And then in hours two and three with Mike Morgan and with Brad Crawford. Brad will be here from 24-7 Sports today. The college football coaching world is beginning to move. And uh, we will get his information as to whom is going where, when, in the whole nine yards. We will also get into some Gamecock hoops. They are 3-0. and A little bit light in the shooting department last night, but nonetheless a win over VMI, and they're off to a good start. And now they're off to Phoenix, Arizona, to play in Game 2 of the Arizona tip-off. DePaul coming up late Friday night, 1130 Eastern. But good news for all the uh, Gamecocks that were worried about having to get up early on Saturday. You don't, because they don't play until 730 at Williams-Brice Stadium. We won't go any further. We'll get Hale right in, and uh, we will look back and look ahead as we always do with him. We'll also get into some recruiting stuff and so much more here today on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. We thank all of you for watching and listening on the Chief Sports app as well. The Chief Sports Network is proudly served and provided by our friends at Dixie Vodka. But um, Hale, oh, I thought Hale was in here. Is Hale not in here? Oh, there he is. There he is. Hey, Hale. What's up? Hell yeah. Sorry, we were uh I I I thought that you were in and I wasn't looking. I was looking in the camera. I wasn't paying attention. But Hale McGranahan joining us from the bigspur.com. Uh Hale, they've got four wins now, so we know where they need to go to get to bowl season. And uh, we've got some recruiting stuff to get to and and all those type things. So we're gonna we're gonna fill you up with questions today. How's that sound? Works for me. Let's do it. Okay. All right. Question yeah. number one. Um, no, Hale, look, man, you know, last week uh, going into the Vanderbilt game, it was, hey, just 
do do what you're supposed to do. You know, like just just beat somebody and beat them the way that you're supposed to beat them. That was kind of the the outside world looking in. Forty seven to six, kind of kind of sums it up. Sounds like and looks like they did that. I think we'd been sort of saying something like that for for a few different games this season, whether it was a week earlier against Jacksonville State or maybe even Mississippi State or Furman uh, and maybe some someone else that I'm, I'm leaving out. But it, it was certainly uh, an all-around team performance. I, I don't, don't want to say it was a complete game because there were still a few mistakes here and there, and I'm sure that the coaching staff was happy to – to have those to point out to their team so, so they weren't riding too high after a, a big 40-point win. But nonetheless, uh, encouraging that, that they're able to, to win so convincingly and, and maybe have people feeling a little better about things heading into the last two weeks starting here with Kentucky on Saturday night. Six points allowed on the, defense, uh, on the defensive side of the football. What would you make of that? I thought it was I thought it was great the the willingness to to use that three three five a little more and, and continue to to build that package I guess you could say um, sounds kind of weird saying that but to, to grow to grow that personnel group and and to try to expand things a little bit JC I see it to try to expand things for for other teams to have to to worry about and prepare for week to week and and to get more athletic guys on the field. It sounds kind of coach speak to, for me to sit here and say that because Beamer's talked about it a good bit, but when you can throw out a Bam Martin Scott and, and have him help out uh, and then all of a sudden he's leading your team in tackles, I, I think that's a good sign that that, that that's uh, that that's that's a scheme that, that you, you probably should look to continue to utilize over these next two weeks. And um, I, you the linebacker position has been, uh, I guess, I don't want to say much maligned over the years, but it's it's been a, a topic of conversation to say the least. And how many guys they sign, and 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 who's actually good, and who isn't, and all that stuff. Um, but I think that group is is is, is solid. I, I don't know if I'm ready to say it's the best position group on the defense because those safeties are still pretty good, but uh, they they have a lot of good players. Uh, Debo Williams leads the team in tackles and has been good all season. Stone Bland's had some moments where he's been solid. Um, like I said, Bam, uh, Pup Howard's a young player who's got some talent. Jaron Willis has come on the last few weeks. So uh, I, I think it's a good thing they're trying to get those guys on the field a little more often. Yeah, Hale, I, look, I agree. We talked to Pat yesterday and uh, Pat DeMarco, and, you know, this has primarily been more of a 4 2 5 on that side of the on that side of the line of scrimmage, um, but um, but the the three three five it I think you just put it really nicely. You know they're they're kind of kind of a work in progress, but it, it's it's something that I don't know that this is going to like all of a sudden shift to their base defense. You know what I mean? Because Pat Pat brought up yesterday the fact that these these next two couple of games here they you know they're pretty beefy up front. Kentucky and and Clemson better than Vanderbilt in Jacksonville. State. Um, they like to run the football. That's, you know, Clemson's offense won't click unless they're running it. Uh, thus far, Vanderbilt, uh, Kentucky's won't either unless Ray Davis is is getting a heavy, heavy load and, and moving it down the field. Um, so, you know, what I guess what I'm interested to see is 
are they have they did they feel like they found something that will work with that you know being able to slow down or stop the run as well or will it be one of those things where they're going to kind of they're going to have to kind of adjust back and forth throughout the ball game. You know, I don't know, JC, we'll lump you into this too. You're pretty good with this stuff. You know, is it going to be more of a, you know, four or five man front when they feel like a team like Kentucky is just going to try to ground and pound or, or do they, do they really like getting all that athleticism out there? I mean, I, I agree with you. I, JC has been saying this for a while. I agree with him. And Pat DeMarco has been saying this since August, you know, Bam Martin Scott's a player, um, you know, and he just needed to continue to kind of come on and learn how to play on that side of the ball. But, if you ask me, and nobody is, but if they did, uh, I would say the more often you see him out there, probably the better this defense is going to be. Yeah, he's a he's a playmaker. You know, he's been a playmaker when they when they signed him in that twenty twenty one class. He couldn't get here. Yeah, he had the option of going back to JUCO, and there were a lot of other big time schools that offered him for the twenty twenty two class, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he was able to come to Carolina with 2021 he got here late he got hurt he got uh you know he was a definite red shirt Clayton White said as soon as he got here uh and then my understanding is he's been a guy that's flashed in practice a couple of times mm-hmm. uh but just never could take it to the game you know and assignments were a big issue with him well I think now that he's kind of laid you know gotten used to it and he knows the defense he knows the scheme he's just out there playing and his natural ability showing a little bit so I, I think that's that's positive um is my mic higher now let's just let's just get you're this. good yeah we good? Phil, Phil fixed it all right sorry uh I got I a new mic fellas because everybody kept complaining so I have an actual microphone same one Mike Morgan uses so hope I'm, I'm adjusting folks appreciate you um no it's not okay well i don't i don't know what to, to do then i'll scoot closer um so anyway uh can we can you hear me now the closer I can hear you, you fine. get the better it sounds the closer you get the better this. yeah let's just fix this okay so uh anyway uh, i tilted it up a little bit too there you go all right so um anyway uh, and I, I, there may be a button I can turn it up or something. I don't know, but that's that's my take on Ben Martin Scott. I, I think it's been in the works for a while where he uh, is able to come in and, and, and play. Uh, it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. You know, sometimes with the guys, people end up uh, coming on at different points in their career. Uh, I think Bam's got another season. Uh, I think Xavier Leggett. You know, nobody thought he'd be what he is this year, last year. So this is why you don't give up on players. This is also why you don't sit there and slam coaches when a guy hasn't been playing and suddenly he is because the development process is not the same for everyone. And I think that there's – it's one of those things where I think fans, uh, and even us, you know, to be fair, I'm not singling you guys out, we get so impatient, you know, we want to blame. Well, this kid's just not going to be good. Or, or this coach can't coach this guy up or whatever. Uh, in the face of all proof otherwise that in the sport of football, different guys come on at different times. It's not it's not the same. So uh, everybody has a different brain, different heart, different body. Different. Uh, these are kids, so they're growing at different rates. Uh, and I don't know why we do that. And I say we because I'm guilty of it at times too. But that's uh, – 
It's my little speech for today. No, I'm, I'm not mad at you guys for pointing out the mic thing. It needed to be fixed. It's frustrating on my end because I have, you know, pretty high standards, and, and I, I don't want you guys to be out there listening to something that sounds like garbage. So uh, if I sound frustrated, that's why. It's not because you guys are pointing it out. What, hey, what, yeah. One thing I wanted to, to interject with, with Bam, and sorry to cut you off, JB, is – No, no, you're good. Is, so he, he graduated high school in 2019, was at junior college – that that fall then 2020 came around and and he didn't play at all because he signed with carolina he was coming to carolina um the juco a lot of juco's moved their seasons to the spring and and he he barely he might have played in one game he he didn't play much at all like so i i think that when you lose a year of development that way and, and you're already transitioning from one level to the next i think everybody who's followed Carolina recruiting long enough and, and seen the number of JUCO guys who come in. Like it's not always going to be a guy who, who can come in and, and play immediately. Like, sometimes those guys need, need to redshirt. And when, when you don't get to play a full season and, and you're already transitioning, like I said, then then that's going to make things tougher. And, and he's played a little bit. He, he started playing more at the end of last season. And, and he, even before they started doing the three, three, five stuff, he was already rotating in and out a pretty fair amount. I know there were some games where, where Debo and Stone played pretty much every snap, but he he's a, he's been playing a, a you know ten to fifteen to twenty snaps uh, somewhere in that range uh, before they started doing this stuff. Yeah, it's um, you know it, like we got a question: Can a program like Carolina wait three and a half years for a player to be ready to play? Well, they have to. Every football program out there has to figure out a way. You, you, you can't. Re- you're not going to recruit twenty five guys a year that just right hail you follow this like this is your job. JC, this is your job. You're not going to recruit 25 guys a year that are ready to step on the field and play in year one or year two. Like, there are guys who sometimes just aren't going to play like the old days until they're juniors and seniors. Yeah, of course you can. I mean, you know, ideally you won't. But the facts are, you don't, you're not depending on guys like that, uh, TPI. Uh, you know, for every Darius Rush – you know, that, that doesn't develop till his fourth year or, or, or Xavier Leggett. And, and it's not like Xavier hadn't made any plays since he's been here. He called a touchdown pass against Vandy as a true freshman. Um, you know, got injuries have been a big part of it. And, and this is what uh, another thing that we don't take into account enough around here is the injury situation. Now, if I could solve it, I would. And because I, I, I don't know what the problem is. You know, it, it just happens every single season. It seems, but, but that's, that's done. That's been a bigger issue than anything to me. That's why Will Muschamp's not the head coach here anymore. Injuries. Think about it. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, think about all, all, I mean, you know, now that was a trademark of his at Florida as well, but I, I, you know, uh, you know, so yeah, Xavier Leggett missed all of, you know, he, he was the second best receiver on the team in 2020. And all of a sudden he's gone for the year. Nobody tells anybody. Mike Bobo has to tell everybody in game, what, eight? Hail. <laughs> Everybody's like, what? somebody finally asked where Xavier Leggett was. And Mike Bobo's been, oh, he's going to be a really good player. Unfortunately, he's been hurt since the Vandy game and out for the year. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, that was yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and so then, and then, so then in 20, when, when Shane takes over, he gets in a car wreck. Misses all that time in the preseason work. With, I think, I think Miss Spring and then came back, had a car wreck, missed preseason, working with Step, 
finally gets in, catches the winning touchdown against Vandy, plays a little here and there, then comes back for a full offseason. Last year, quite frankly, there were a lot of older veteran guys in front of him, but toward the end of the year, man, he's still good for like one acrobatic catch a game and a kickoff return for a touchdown to open the game against A&M. Uh, and then he just kept working. Kept working. Kept working. Uh, you know, I used the Nick Saban three thing there, by the way. Um, and so, look, it's just uh, it's one of those things. But, yeah, I, you know, look, you, you, you're not – just because some guys take three or four years, that doesn't mean you're sitting around recruiting and going, man, we're really going to be good in 2027. I mean, that's unrealistic these days because of the portal and everything else. But, yes, of course, you you want as many guys like that that eventually are going to be difference makers as you can. Think about this where, where this team would be without Xavier Leggett right now. Whew. Yeah, a guy who developed. Let's <laughs> yeah, let's not. Uh, you know, absolutely. I mean, and, and guys like that, to kind of switch it over to the offensive side here too, you know, you've got, you've got guys who probably would have rather waited two or three years to let them develop, like Trevon Ball and Big Tree. But they're in there starting, Hale. And last week, for the first time all season, back-to-back weeks, same starting five on the offensive line. And as far as we know, unless Shane comes out today in his press conference and says something that nobody really knows about, we know that there's some bang-ups up there, including Nick G. But we expect those five guys to probably start again this week. So what does that tell you? Continuity is a good thing, and and you're always looking to, to – keep things status quo if, if, uh, if, if it's going kind of decent and granted the, the run blocking wasn't, wasn't great against Vanderbilt and hadn't been really all that great all season. But uh, if you feel like you can continue to, to build off of what you've been doing uh, while also mixing in some, some healthy guys along the way, whether it's a case and Henry or Trey Jones or whoever else might be uh, healthy enough to play. I, I think that's, that's something to feel good about moving forward, sort of getting getting healthy at the right time, I guess you could say. And um, while it's certainly not been perfect the last couple of games, uh, it's it feels like it's it's better simply because it hadn't been so uh, next man up, I guess. It, like there's not a guy having to to limp off the field every other quarter because he's hurt, and uh, now he's he's questionable or doubtful for the next week. So. Um, it's better than what it's been. And uh, as long as everybody can stay healthy and they can continue to integrate some of those other guys and uh, maybe adjust things along the way, then uh, maybe that's a good thing. Uh, At the wide receiver position, we're all aware of what is transpiring right in front of our eyes with Xavier Leggett. Uh, He is just 50 yards shy of Sidney Rice. And if he gets there, he'll be number two all-time in a single season behind Alshon. He is 424 yards away uh, from Jeffrey. That 15-17 mark that he set back in 2010, that was done in 14 games. Of course, they played for the SEC championship that year against Auburn. He also has six 100-yard receiving games thus far this year. You wonder if he didn't get banged up where he would be in that department. Alshon has the record also in 2010 with eight. Uh, that is that can be tied if he goes over 100 in the next couple of weeks. And if they get to a bowl game, ladies and gentlemen, that can be broken. Um, with that said, 
Shane, the last couple of weeks, few weeks really, has been, I don't want to say mum, but kind of just, yeah, I don't know. We'll see on Juice Wells. But they they were hoping if they could get him back, it'd be kind of right around this time at the end of the year with the Wildcats and the Tigers walking into town. Uh, I'm sure he's going to be asked about it today. I know he tried to head all that off last week, Hale, by saying, hey, guys, whenever I have an update, I'll, I'll give you the update. But have you either – publicly or privately that you can share heard anything on juice wells because if he is able to show back up at some point in time how much better is this offense in a hurry i haven't heard anything recently so i i can't really share anything at this point that's current but uh he's playing three games and there are two left on the schedule so i don't know if there's anything to read into that way or if uh if if there's not who knows it's it, it's been Interesting to hear some of the things that Shane has said recently talking about uh, it could change tomorrow or next week or what have you. It's he's, he's referred to some, some mental hurdles that, that juice has to overcome with this. And I, I think you could probably say that about a, a lot of guys going back to what JC was talking about with injuries. That's part of the deal. Not just feeling good, but, but thinking that you feel okay. Like that, that's a factor in this deal as well, whether it's juice or anybody else. So, um, I don't know. We'll see. It, it would certainly be a, a boost if they could add him as a, as a complimentary piece to Xavier Leggett, which sounds weird saying that that uh, Xavier Xavier Leggett would be Batman and, and Juice would be Robin. But uh, at this point, I, I think that's that's what it would look like if if uh, they they could get that guy back in the fold. Since 2014, the Gamecocks have won just twice in this series with the Wildcats, which that needs to change if they want to compete in the SEC East. We all know that. Both of those wins, though, they scored 24 points. That's the most points they've scored in any game since 2014, and they won both of those games. Do you think 24 points would be enough this weekend? Uh, I don't know. That's 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 a good question. You that's know, good. I – I, I I don't personally. I, I think you can. You need to probably always take all you can get because you just don't know when it's going to slip out or leak out with with this defense. Although, of course, as you mentioned, they were they were really good last week against a pretty poor Vanderbilt team. But yeah. um, the Wildcats, Ray Davis has been the story for them this year on offense. But the last three games, not much of one. Forty nine carries, one hundred and forty eight yards. Hale, I know you probably haven't watched all twelve quarters of the last three weeks for Kentucky football, no. um, but clearly. You know, you feel like uh, Devin Leary struggled this year, so you feel like if you can slow him down Saturday night, probably puts you in as good of a chance to win this game as you could possibly imagine. Yeah, that that Florida game that, that Ray Davis had really helped out his his stat line. What do you have, like 280 in that game or something wild? Yeah. yeah. Absurd number for one game. Uh, you look at his game-to-game game, game game totals, and it's really not – not all that impressive. I think he's only got one other hundred yard game. And I don't say all that to to say I don't think he's any good. I mean he is good, but you know, a year ago, Kentucky everybody who who watched Kentucky and was talking about Will Levis wanted to tell you how bad their offensive line was. I, I don't know that they've gotten that much better this year. I haven't watched them that much, but uh I, I would think that uh this this ground game they've got is is not while, while concerning for Carolina and, and, and what we've seen from them defensively this year. I don't think it's some like crazy matchup that they're really going to have to hope for the best with. I, I think it's one that that's 
one that they can they can win and hold their own and 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 make uh make Kentucky have to, to throw the ball to win the game, which you know, wouldn't you be a just, concern. You just said something neat. All right, I'll do it. I'll I'll kick the dust up here. All um right. get give give me Super Mario over Ray Davis. Mm. Because you, you mentioned that. All right, the, the Florida game. When you and, and I hadn't thought about it this way, but when you go back and look, his 280 yards in that Florida game, if, if you take those away, he's at 649 on the season and 160 carries, and he's played since day one against Ball State when he went for 112 that afternoon. Super Mario has played – well, he's played in 10 games, but we all know dang well he didn't really become the guy until uh, the third one. And uh, since then, on 117 carries – He's run for 645 yards. So let, let's let's just draw the line in the sand, and Saturday night we'll see who's better. They're, they're very similar, actually, in, in stature and how they run and the whole nine yards. You could probably make the argument that Ray Davis has had the better setup this year from an offensive line standpoint. Mario Anderson, of course, has a better quarterback and Spencer Rattler. So that, that's an interesting – it's not a matchup because they're both on, both on offense, but it's an interesting head-to-head type thing. Maybe we'll want to keep an eye on under the lights Saturday evening. Yeah, and Davis Davis, I was looking at the stats. He had he's got three hundred yard games. Uh, the two eighty against Florida. He he went for more than hundred against Mizzou and, and that Ball State game, which you said, JB. So, um, so yeah, he's he's gotten a lot of his yards and just a third of his game of the games. I, I don't know what the percentage of that comes out to, but what that's probably more than half of his yards and a third of the game. So uh, that that's some, some good padding there, but uh, yeah, he is a good player though. So it's definitely a matchup that, that South Carolina is going to have to be ready for. Cause it's, you know, he, he can, as, again, he, he's, he's put up some, some numbers against some, some decent teams, I guess, some SEC teams. Uh, Missouri is probably the only one that I, I guess you could say is good, but uh, but yeah, definitely a matchup to kind of be. Uh, I don't know too. Uh, I don't think South Carolina should be like too too concerned about you know. Oh, Ray Davis is going to come in here and hit a thousand yards and and run all over the place. Well, sometimes when you say that is when you wake up Sunday morning, uh, you know, a little hungover. Hey, <laughs> and, he, and not he, from alcohol. <laughs> he had 167 yards on 20 carries against the Gamecocks last year. Yeah, he did. Yeah, there's no doubt. I'm not taking anything for, away for, from him for another team. Um, for for Vanderbilt. Yeah, I don't. I'm not taking anything away from him. I'm just going to support our guy, and uh, and I like Super Mario, and that's my story, and I'm sticking to it, as Colin Ray once said in country music. So, um. Final thoughts really on the game, Hale. What's important to you uh, that you'll be interested to see? Uh, I know, again, we'll hear from Shane today. We'll get an injury update from him. And then I do want to ask you a couple of quick recruiting questions and we'll get you out of here. But uh, final quick thoughts on the matchup on this weekend. Well, I'm just impressed that we've gone this far talking about South Carolina, Kentucky, and haven't even mentioned the head coaches' names and and their tiff that they've had in the past and the sunglasses and – and all that stuff. So pregame handshake, that to me is going to be the first matchup I'm looking for. Who's coming in with like a more firm, like somebody getting a pat on the shoulder, like a, a, a real aggressive, like grab and shake of the arm, uh, that type of deal. Who's not going to, who's going to let go first. Um, I, I think that's an important matchup to, to keep an eye on. Uh, Kentucky's got some good receivers, much better than Vanderbilt had. So I, I think that's one uh 
the, the one area that's going to be a concern because we've seen it be a concern. Um, teams have thrown for a lot of yards against Carolina this season, uh, whether it's Dane Key or Barry and Brown, uh, Tavian Robinson, Robertson. Uh, I, I think I heard recently they've they've had some issues with drop passes, so maybe that's um, something to keep an eye on. But they're still a talented group and 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 in a matchup that that I think South Carolina definitely needs to to have a to win to have a chance at, at winning this game. Then offensively, just just keep it going with with Rattler and uh, have him throw for another three hundred yards. You know, whatever that, that shouldn't be an issue, right? I don't I don't know how good Kentucky. Yeah defensively but he can do it sure yeah i he's spencer's got a chance the next couple of weeks to to really do some things too when it comes to the record books to your point uh he mark stoops was asked about his relationship with beamer and if there's an edge to it and here's his quote i have no idea where you would get that information from i have no clue where that would come from i don't feel that way maybe he does i don't know you'd have to ask him I don't feel that at all. It's another game, and we need it for our university and for our players. That's zero to do with me and Shane, and that is from Mark Stoops. So I don't know where you get that from, Hale. Yeah, I, I mean, Shane, as we know, Shane, Shane keeps receipts, and uh, and and we saw the the video that post game in Lexington last year. So. <laughs> Maybe maybe it's Shane. Maybe Shane's. The, maybe that, that's uh, that's where it comes from. I don't know. I was at that game last. It was a fun game. I had a fun time. I went to Keeneland for the first time. Could you uh, hear the game amongst all the rap music that they play at that concert? They no. they have a football game in the middle of it. You know. It's oh God! Wild. It's the worst atmosphere in the SEC as far as that goes. It's uh, and, and obnoxious. It's a shame because their crowd shows up and they'll get loud, but and they got a pretty cool fight song. I mean, in basketball, you know, their band, the, the Wildcat Pep Band or whatever the hell it's called, gets kicking. I mean, I, I've been to an SEC tournament game at the old Georgia Dome before. There's 60,000 Kentucky fans in there for a hoops game. I mean, it's, it's, it, it could be a good atmosphere. Not in football. It's like y'all gonna make me lose my mind up in here, up in as loud as they can play it, as loud as they can play it. It's loud. I mean, it's loud, and they do it when they're snapping the ball too. It's pretty. Yeah, I don't it's, know. It's it it's got a strange. On, I mean, movie. Nat Nat came with me. She said, "This is the worst college football atmosphere I've ever been in in my life," and it wasn't oh. because of their fans. It's the weirdest that Kroger Field is one of the weirdest places to go see a football game. Other than that, I had an excellent time. Got to hang with my boys, Jan and Kevin. My girl Margot, my buddy Jason, shout out Holla. Anyway, good times last year in Lexington. Hale, will there be some good times for recruits this weekend at Columbia? Who's set to be in town uh, on Saturday or Friday? Friday? You mean Saturday? Games well, on might be coming Friday. Might might spend the night Friday. Maybe, maybe they're going to have some IHOP or something. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, who's, who's on the list? <laughs> Uh, Quayshie Scott, cornerback from, from Marion, who's committed to Kentucky is supposed to be there. Um, there, there's some other younger 20, like 2025 guys, some juniors, uh, who, who are going to be in town. Uh, Cam Fountain, the defensive end is a 2024 could be making it back in. It's, uh, something that he's been looking at, at doing since he visited earlier this season is coming back for at least another game. Uh, this could be one next week. Clemson game could be one, uh, Jalua Solomon, apparently supposed to be back and uh, given uh, the developments with, with Auburn and, and 
apparently there's still being some interest there. That would be good news for Carolina. Um, I saw someone ask earlier in the in the chat about Anthony Carey and whether he visited last week or not. He he did come in uh, last week for the game. He he was in town. Um, but he's a no go. No Anthony Carey's a no go. He's a no go. What does that mean? What do you, what do you mean? He's a no go. He merely visited. The, I, all right. How do I put this? He merely visited. Do not expect South Carolina to make a move and 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 get back in the game with him. Well, there it is. Well, there you go. Breaking news from Schubert. I knew Schubert. there was something I was forgetting to tell Whittle for the VIP room last night. Hale. Mm. So Anthony Carey will not I, be I thought, a game. I thought player. you knew that, dude. I, my bad. Oh I'm man, do, I need to do my damn job. Y'all need God, to text each other behind the scenes I and hash this out. That now. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, at least everybody on the show got to know that. Someone get Hale a Gatorade and some and a towel. I a am wet so towel. sorry, Hale. Gosh. Uh, you don't have to apologize to me. I, I, that's fine. It's <laughs> all of our VIP rooms, JC. It's okay. all of our VIP rooms. Worst thing in the world. This is our time down here in Goody Land. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to apologize to me. I'll see you next week. Where are you, One-Eyed Willie? <laughs> so um, the Jalua Solomon thing and the Cam Fountain situation, Fountain, I, based on what you know, I've, I've heard from trusted sources at the Big Spur, um, uh, seems like a guy that there's a good chance he could end up in this class. The Solomon situation is very baffling to me. I, I'm not a big recruiting guy, as you both well know. I, I, I don't live and die by this crap because you just never know how it's going to change, and I really don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do remember when he uh, committed or, yeah, when he decommitted from Auburn and then decided to commit to South Carolina and apologize to Gamecock friends, fans for taking – so this just seems like a big sideshow to me. Am I missing something here? I mean, this is this is getting a little ridiculous, isn't it? Uh, I mean, it's recruiting, JB. You can breathe. Yeah. It's okay. This stuff happens. Hey, don't come at me. Your own partner isn't telling you things under the table. Well, well maybe we should – Turn off the chat and and I'm, stop recording and, and hash this out. Part of the side, I'm part of the side show. <laughs> uh, nah, okay. I just I feel bad because like Whittle, it, it's like Whittle hits me up like, thing, and I'm like, I, 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 normal. Sometimes I'm proactive and send stuff, but I just I'm so low on Anthony Carey as a legit running back prospect mm-hmm. that I literally for he just doesn't cross my mind until someone asks me about him. And, people, and, and it's one of those things that like gets jerks a knot in my butt sometimes because South Carolina's sitting on a three-star running back commit that's ten times better than this kid, and because he was a four-star once upon a time and had a big offer list once upon a time, everybody thinks this kid's better than than the, the Fuller kid, and so so that that's why you know maybe I forgot to mention him. So I'm sorry. Oh, it's all right. <laughs> I, there's there's uh, Daniel Hill still out there. I know he's been a top guy for a while. Uh, so, so, yeah. Um, Get your motor running. <laughs> well, all those guys that will be in town this weekend will uh, be in for a treat. Darude, of course, playing at 415, and then Williams Bryce Stadium is going to be – it's going to be quite an atmosphere, as it generally is on Saturday nights. And um, they'll get to hopefully see a Gamecock win. There's – thing is pretty funny he's recruited to the team that they're hosting uh this uh, committed to the team they're hosting this weekend but he'll be sitting well, in the recruit section for south carolina well dane key was there last year i mean two years ago remember that 
I sure do. South Carolina. For, and then went to the Kentucky locker room afterward after they won. That was yeah. a disappointing loss. That was no, he, he got a he had a fa- he, he he said he got a FaceTime call from Rod. Oh, was, that's right. That's what it was. That's what it was. I remember that. Yeah. By the way, happy anniversary, Hill. I'm getting married at the end of next month. Today, hey, hey, today's your anniversary? No, it was Sunday. Oh, well, happy anniversary, man. It's one, it. one of those days that came around recently. But, uh, yeah. I saw it on Instagram. Congratulations, buddy. I'm awesome. two years, and uh, I know you're yeah. happy, and she is too, so that's good. Wonderful stuff. Wonderful. Hail, great, as always, man. Glad to see you. We know you got to run and get over to, to the players and the coaches and all that type of stuff. Um, but um, have a wonderful week, and hopefully – have a wonderful time covering this one on Saturday. Appreciate you boys. Y'all have a good one. Always. Thank you, Hale. Amen. There you go. Hale, yeah, McGranahan with the bigspur.com. Time for a timeout. We're powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. What a killer Christmas gift, whether it be for your son or your daughter or your husband or your wife. Maybe it's an anniversary gift. Maybe Hale gave his wife an electric bike for their anniversary. Who knows? electricbikescharleston.com they service the entire state of south carolina we are just so honored to be partners with michelle wilkins and her entire team and family because it's family owned and operated and gamecock owned and operated electricbikescharleston.com all right we'll step aside hang tight we'll be right back down here in the south we don't always see eye to eye While our taste in college football teams, or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs, or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in southern soil, are crafted by southern hands, and proudly represent the south in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the south. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Not today, sweetie. One heart's breaking while another one is mending. It's all in the ebb and flow. 
If I had to, I could go it alone. But because you've become my home. These windows could shut into the ground. These walls could fall right down. Because you've become my home. You don't have to tell Mama. Because you've become my home. It's 11.43. Welcome back. Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Proud to partner with our friends at Gamecock Traditions. It is the holiday season, and you can save money with Carolina Cash right now. Gamecocktraditions.com, both online and in-store. Maybe you'll stop in early Saturday before heading to the ball game. Uh, but for every $50 you spend, you're going to get $5 back in cash, and you can use that towards your next purchase. Gamecocktraditions.com, they got the widest selection and variety. Of anything and everything, tailgate stuff, cooking stuff, I mean, you name it. It is there, tents, whatever it may be, GamecockTraditions.com. I always love our Love Chevy commercial. First of all, because we love Love Chevy. They're unbelievable at what they do. And they, where I live, I can tell you right now, they give you some better prices because <laughs> I've been, we've looked. Um, but I love the commercial because it, it's got the great Mitch Weatherington in there. He's He's the dad in that commercial, Mitch was in a band. He went to the Citadel, actually. Um, he does pull for South Carolina, though. But um, he was in a band called Southwood. They were unbelievable. And we used to we used to hang around with those guys a lot. And then Mitch ended up being on um, on um, on uh, The Voice. And he was uh, Mitchell Lee. Do y'all remember Mitchell Lee on The Voice a few years ago? Five or six years ago? Did you ever watch The Voice? No. No. Oh, y'all don't like music? You're just music haters? I'm not the, no, the, I like the, music. The, 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 the America's Got Talent. Or I just, I didn't, I didn't get into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my, my thing you, is time. Yeah, I just you got to you, you, you draw the line in the sand, Phil. You got to say, no, I'm an idol guy. I'm an idol I, love, guy. I love music. I mean, I just don't. No, I did bad. watch American Idol for a while. I, I watched it get, when it was young. Younger. The Britain's Got Talent thing with Paul Potts, the operas, that, that I like that. Uh, America's Got Talent pissed me off with Daltrey Lost because I, I was like, it's going to be pop or country, but this guy's just a rocker. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of a one. <laughs> I've never heard another Daltrey song except Home, but he rocked. I thought he slayed it, you know? And I was like, this guy's the best. But then they go to the people, and there's all these little teeny boppers that don't understand rock and roll that are out there, and they're either in one of two categories pop or country. And so Carrie Underwood, of course, won. Not that she's not good. I appreciate her work with Guns N' Roses these days. But that pissed me off, so I never went back to the show. And the voice to me was just like, oh, let's turn around listen to these people sing. <laughs> yeah, Blake Shelton. I like the voice. 
My ex-girlfriend said I look like Blake Shelton, and I do when I'm not fat. But uh, it was funny because she said that. She's like, who's that artist that looks like you? Blake Shelton. And so I'm like, I, I didn't take it as a compliment. So I'm rolling through the Piggly Wiggly the next day, <laughs> buying some eggs and beer. <laughs> I was on a good diet then, right? So I'm rocking and rolling, and I look, and I see sexiest man alive. And I look, and it's Blake Shelton. <laughs> At the Piggly oh, Wiggly. There you go. I, I like staring into a mirror. I'm, I'm an attractive man. I'm an attractive man. So when you look in the mirror, you see Blake Shelton is what you're telling us? Now, Blake Shelton's 6'4". I'm a little over 6'1", so I, I probably have to look up to see Blake Shelton, right? No, when Blake Shelton looks in the mirror, he sees JC. Oh. <laughs> well, all righty then. <laughs> there you go. That, that, I that, don't know. Okay, so up. anyway. Oh, that's um, funny. So, so I want to answer, you know, people here talk about Trevon Dunbar as far as running back recruiting goes. Don't think they're going to go on him. I don't have, like, you know, you guys know my opinion on in-state kids. You always take a flyer. I just don't think they think he's big enough or good enough. And, and I think they think that he's going to, they're going to get better. So, uh, I'm sorry. Um, these things have a tendency of either working out for the best or blowing up in your face. So, I don't know which one it'll be. But. We're not, we're not, we're not judged. Uh, we're not ju- We're judged uh, by that, you know, by the choices we make, right? Um, he mentioned Cam Fountain. Uh, Eddie Lewis isn't playing because of Eddie Lewis. No other reason. I'm not getting into why, but he's not coaching malpractice. And I agree, he looked good earlier, but there are reasons Eddie Lewis is not playing. And uh, yeah, that's the those things I need to catch up on. Sorry. And- and that's all I've got to say about that. Uh, that's all I got to say about that. But that's, my magic shoes will take me anywhere. Well, I can assure you, I can back you up on the Eddie Lewis situation. Eddie Lewis uh, is not playing because of Eddie Lewis. So, uh, if he was, uh, if they could play him, they'd play him. But right now, he ain't she's, playing. So that's uh, that is what it Eddie is. Eddie Lewis, she's last, got what it takes. Last night, VMI played South Carolina. And the Gamecocks pulled away and were able to get win number three, 74 to 64. Nice night for B.J. Mack. Again, the transfer from Wofford with a double-double, 13 boards, six of them on the offensive side, 17 points, three steals, a block, and a partridge in a pear tree. They did not shoot it last night the way that they had the last couple of games, uh, but, um, but, um, but it was a 10-point win on a night when it just wasn't falling, not only from beyond the arc, but but they missed a bunch of layups early. And uh, Derek, I was listening to Derek, and you were wondering, what you know, what's going on here? They went on a little run and kind of got control of this thing before they went into halftime. But uh, but they are 3-0, and and they've got DePaul coming up later on this week, guys. And, you know, if anything, like you, you, you did wonder a little bit. We didn't talk about it yesterday, but there certainly was the wonder. You know, hey, look, you had a big emotional win the other night. It's still a group that's kind of getting things together. Uh, VMI, those look the military schools. You know, you're gonna you're gonna get a different test from them, right? It's just how these kids are built. It's how they're made. Uh, and if they get a bunch of shots to fall and some good things to happen, you know, you can find yourself in, in a little bit of a, a little bit of a tussle. And uh, and VMI last night was was playing hard and they banged it off the boards. Forty rebounds for the key debts. And I know Lamont was not happy with that, but they did get the win, 
and they'll look to go 4-0 coming up on Friday out there in the desert. So good start for Gamecock Hoops. Yeah, that was frustrating, though, because they were all over the boards last night, offensively and defensively, just VMI. I mean, darting in there, guys, that even when it looked like it was going to be a Gamecocks rebound, I mean, there'd be somebody just come right in and steal it away. And They, they played with a ton of effort, so hats off to them. But, uh, you know, sometimes you got to gut one out. It's like Matt said uh, on the late-night show yesterday. It was like, you know, this is one of those – letdown games where previous teams may have just let it get to them and overwhelm them and then, you know, just fall flat. But the team stood up and pulled out the win. Yeah, they did. They did. They sure did. Um, And for the last few years around here, I mean, games like these, sometimes you look up and and that's the one. JC was mentioning this the other day or two, you know, where you, you get to the end of the year on years when they're competing for some type of postseason berth. And you're going, how did they lose that game? And why did they lose it? You know, like this this game is is one of those type games that, that, that happens. And you look back and you say, well, they had a nice, you know, eight and three non-conference record or nine and three. But my God, they should have been 11 and one. How did they lose to this team? How did they lose to that team? Um, last night, they were able to call timeout and kind of get rolling and get a bunch of points and um and and from there they were able to take control of it, but uh, you know, hopefully they they flushed you know a lot of that. Hopefully they flushed a lot of that with the experience they got on this roster now. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, this is you know could have been the Stetson game, right? Yeah, I mean, you <laughs> from just, recent past, right? Yeah, that was terrible uh, loss. This team, this team is not going to win against quality competition. On any night where Michi Johnson's four for 16, Miles Stutes two for seven, Talai Cooper's three for nine, Jacoby Wright's two for nine, and then Morris, uh, the little freshman from Finland, he's two for nine. He threw up a two for nine as well. Couldn't nobody could put it in the ocean. Uh, and when, so that's all your shooters basically were cold last mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. When that happens, you're lucky not to lose. Uh, I think, and, 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 you know, especially against, and you mentioned, you make a good point about the military schools and that the via my team, you know, just kind of looking at their team and figuring out like reading up on their coach. I mean, he's pretty, he's pretty good coach. He's pretty yeah. resourceful. And, and they, they, they've, they put together a roster from all over their freshmen. They don't know they're not supposed to go in there and compete. Right. Uh, <laughs> and these are the types of games too. I mean, look, that's a combined 14 for 48, from your best shooters. That that's not going to happen most nights to this team. Uh, it just did last night. Um and, and, and it was one of those games Mike talks about sometimes and it's why Mike and I both agree college basketball starts way too daggum early, especially in the SEC. Because, you know, yeah, they had a big win at Virginia Tech. But you know, nobody's, you know, expectations aren't too high around here this year. It's a Monday night. They're playing VM freaking I, you know, which is not even a pro, high pro. It's not even like Wofford or Furman, you know, or Charleston or somebody. People have beats VMI, the probably the worst athletic program in the history of the Southern Conference. They left the Southern Conference and came, and then had to come back. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they begged them, they got them back. You know, the key debts. Their mascots a kangaroo. It's a military school. You should thump them. But you know, so nobody's going to show up. The atmosphere. I, I thought the students showed up pretty well. I don't know why they're in the upper deck, but that's a different conversation. Some of them, but uh, for you know, you shoot fourteen for forty-eight, and for those uh, five guys I just mentioned, uh, you know, if it's an SEC team, you're losing. 
Uh, so it's probably just one of those games where, you know, that happens to teams around the country at this time of year. You just, you just don't quite feel right. You had a, a late night Friday, get back ready for this one. You just quick turnaround. Uh, and that other team played you a lot harder than you wanted to be played. It, because it wasn't like Carolina struggled and it was a back and forth two point game until the end. Carolina's up 17 in the second mm-hmm. half. And it's just kind of like, it's like, oh, God, here they come again. These guys come again. Why don't they just die? Yeah. You know, it's like it's like uh, Independence Day. Well, that doesn't happen with uh, – that's not how you're trained at military schools. They, no, they train you to not do that, you know. You don't do it. You don't it's do the exact it, so. opposite, as a matter of fact. Well, I don't know um, why the Virginia military wouldn't just die. That's that's why you're there. By the way, seven more assists last night for Talon Cooper, and you wonder how many he would have had had they had been able to bang home a couple of those easy looks near the rim. Man, that probably would have been to, double to Stephen Clark, who, by the way, if somebody needs to elevate their game right now, it's Stephen Clark. Yeah. Um, I'm, I was glad to see him maybe get some confidence with the three, but the one where he found Clark streaking down the middle of the court for the dunk, that was beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah Talon didn't shoot that well last night either. I mean, it was just everybody, all those guys were cold at once. I mean, you're not going to have a game where all those guys are that cold, probably. I mean, that's, that's what, five, six guys. Well, and that's that's the that's the benefit of having a guy named Jacoby Wright. I mean, this, I mean, this kid has just been steady Eddie since yeah. about the latter third of last season. You know, he gets in the game, he creates a shot, and, and he's been knocking him down. Two for two last night from long range, three of seven overall. And uh, between yeah, he, him he and BJ Max, he missed some bunnies. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's even, and that's the he, thing. Even BJ didn't shoot it that well. He just got a lot of boards. And dude, that guy's a handful. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Thirteen rebounds, five of eleven from the floor, six of seven from the free throw line, seventeen of twenty-five overall for the team. So it's a. Uh, well, you're right. I agree with you. I mean, look, they're, they're not going to shoot fifty percent from three-point range every game. That's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna have to they're gonna have to make sure that they're making those easy ones inside, and they missed yeah. too many of those. Had they hit three or four of those the way that they should have, I mean, point blank range, or you're, you're yeah. looking at a, a score that was seventy four to sixty four. You're looking at a uh, an 82, 80, 20 point win. And it wasn't you know seven for twenty three from three. That's what thirty a little less than thirty three percent. JB, that that wasn't what bothered me. It was the twenty five for seventy one. And then those numbers I was just giving you, like Michi going 14, four for 16 from the field. Uh, he was one for six from three-point land, which means he was three for 10 otherwise. You know, I, and I didn't think – I thought the shot selection last night was not as good as it was the first two games for this team. But, look, man, it's a long basketball season. Uh, they're going west. I, I meant to do a little research on DePaul. Uh, oh, I've done research on DePaul. They're 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 having a tough year. To uh, put are it things away. not going well? No. <laughs> Maybe I should go scout them and, and go into a practice and spy. Yeah, with my Gamecock stuff on. You think they kick? That's right. Where you're? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're 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 have they're it's a tough start to the season for DePaul. Um, this is I, a game that Carolina should win. I forgot Rick Petito was at St. John's. By the way, speaking of programs that need a boost in major cities. Yeah. They played Michigan last night. Michigan ran away with it, but it was an exciting game. Madison Square Garden was packed. I'll always pull for St. John's. You know, you guys, you'll never guess why I like St. John's. You like John? <laughs> long, I like Long John's. Yeah, no. 
Actually, the Long Johns are pretty comfortable up here. Now, it's because of the movie yeah. Coming to America when they went on a date, Akeem. Remember? They went to a St. John's game. They went to a St. John's Garden. game. That's right. <laughs> so there you go. Yep. <laughs> oh, we are out of time here. Now we're number one. Mike Morgan is coming up. We will have him for a couple of hours. And then, of course, mm-hmm. in the top of the one o'clock hour, We'll be joined by Brad Crawford today with 24-7 Sports. The coaching world is turning and burning in college football, and we'll certainly get into all of that. For those uh, who want me to expand on the comment, DePaul 0-2 on the season with losses to Purdue, Fort Wayne, and Long Beach State. They've got South Dakota tonight on Fox Sports 2. Is it home? So, yeah, they're home. Oh, man, I'm good. Nah, I don't feel like wearing the bulletproof vest tonight. Well, <laughs> they're uh, <laughs> bust that bad boy out on special occasions, up. right? That's right. I missed Date it. Night. I missed it in the uh, the chat box here. Somebody's making the trip to James Island. Jamie Churchill is obviously in. He knows James Island inside and out. But there, you, oh, there it is. Okay, all right. Yes, somebody's looking for food recommendations. Churchill hit the nail on the head. Go to Melvin's and get the double bacon cheeseburger. Holy smokes. It is something. There's no doubt. Well done, Jamie. Sorry, I I didn't mean to overstep you there, but uh, that's what I was going to say, too. Mike Morgan up next inside the Gamecocks of the show. Chicken cock originated in Kentucky, like so many other bourbons. And so the resurrection of it, you know, Paris, Kentucky, that's the county seat of Bourbon County. So much of this whiskey was being made in that Bourbon County, put on ships and barges and shipped down Ohio, down the Mississippi, and got to New Orleans where it got distributed all over the world. And people kept saying, well, hey, I want some more of that whiskey from Bourbon County. And so that's how Bourbon Whiskey uh, got its name. And Chicken Cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, which is today Bourbon County. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864 864- 414-5271 Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama 
Mama Columbia, and Go Gamecocks. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show served by our friends at Chicken Cock Whiskey, JBJC and Phil, Mike Morgan doing, oh, there's Mike, Mike, uh, I was looking, thinking that that was JC. Before we get Mike in, I want to get back into this food thing real quick too, because uh, uh, Big Wash is coming to the low country. So our friends own Martin's Barbecue. It is good. It, it's good. It's good. It's a neat place to go hang out. Not far from the ballpark. You know, you, you would enjoy it. The food's good. I agree with Jamie that Lewis's. You want to go get some brisket or something downtown Scotts, but the traffic's going to be a pain in the ass on Friday. So good luck with that. I'll throw out one more recommendation. One of my favorite places to eat, dude. If you're going to be in town, Lolo's. Uh, it's called Locklears on Little Oak on the way to Folly, but you're not going all the way to Folly. Uh, probably about ten minutes from James Island High School. Um, I think you'd, you, if you want some good low country food, a lot of it comes, most of theirs comes right in on the, on the boats through Oak Island Creek. Um, it's a neat place, and um, and I think you'd enjoy that. And unless you just want to go sit down and have a cheeseburger or something somewhere, but uh, a lot of people never mention Lolo's. So I want to make sure I mention them. My wife and I go up there all the time and get happy hour food and stuff like that. It's it's good. It's good. It's a neat place and really good food. So. With all that said, we'll get the do- Golden Tones in, uh, who has uh, just got done hanging out with our friend, our good, our good dear friend Jadevion Clowney, up there in Baltimore. What's up, brother? Gentlemen, it's always a pleasure to be part of the growing empire that is the Chief Sports Network and the trademark show that is storming the nation, including Gamecock fans everywhere. And that is, of course, ITG inside the Gamecocks. You know. Uh, in lieu of the current climate, I felt like this was as good a venue as any to uh, broach this particular sensitive subject. And it is sensitive, but guys, uh, I, I feel like uh, you know, you've know you embraced me into this family, and I uh, certainly appreciate that. I do feel like, though... Um, What's the catch? 
I do yeah. feel like a, a, a buyout clause is in order. Oh. Um, I mean, sure, you love me now, and I've the, the the to quote the Bobs in Office Space. You know, it's it's all on this side of the table. Um, I, I feel that coming from your side of the table. But I think uh, I think a buyout clause is in order. I've, I've talked to my agent Jimmy Sexton, and oh. uh, we understand oh. seventy-seven million is not quite in the in the coffers for okay. Chief Sports Network uh, and ITG. Uh, but I can tell you this: uh, once this contract is signed, and I'm pretty sure you'll you'll sign it. Uh, if if I am uh, let go uh, at any time, ten, ten. Fiesta packs from Suki and Salsaritas uh, will be courtesy uh, of this network and this show. Uh, that is not negotiable, and uh, we've already talked about it. Uh, the paperwork is coming. Uh, so if, if you feel as if I bring value uh, to this fine format and venue, then we'll get that deal done. So <laughs> here's what we're going to do, Phil. Uh, <laughs> the next 10 winners of the Salsaritas Fab Five Challenge will all be made-up names um but yeah we'll just bank them (laughs) at the end of the day though yeah exactly no here's the difference the way the way things work around here is like all right yeah out in texas you might have you know you know desert uh dwelling you know cadillacs with guys passing around hats and can come up with 76 million dollars around here we'll throw your ass on the back of a four-wheeler and haul you out with salt marsh and nobody will ever see you again so uh <laughs> how's that for we'll start the negotiation that's there. harsh i mean well originally what we had was uh as as, as part of the the whole contract brand new chevy blazer from our friends at love chevy and uh you guys balked at that i was a little disappointed but yeah. i think 10 fiesta packs from salsaritas and suki is more yep. than fair uh and i think we can we can get that to go so it doesn't mean you know you can't just kick me to the curb uh, in the bread line but uh it does mean at least i'll eat very well for for a while after the uh the trauma that will be inflicted by you and you only so so yeah. far as difference goes at least you're able to eat you know post that's before. that's what i'm saying like right. yeah that's right yeah <laughs> a nice car would be great uh, yeah, and i thought right. i thought you would go for that uh but obviously uh all i was able to uh all that was offered and i appreciate you know chicken cock bourbon is a nice thing to have when you're when you're unemployed and homeless but i, I i'd also like some food to, to eat with all the uh, booze so if you can go ahead and get that done i'd, I'd much to, appreciate it i have to take my back bills um well <laughs> you know uh we'll get it we'll we'll yeah look here's the good news we're, we're not planning on canning you so uh you you know we're, we're all in this. that's what they all yeah, that's what they told jimbo know. that's what they told jimbo six <laughs> years ago okay said. he was they, they actually gave him a trophy if you want a good laugh go back on youtube and watch the press conference uh, one of them, I don't know how many there were, and they literally uh, made a replica of the national championship trophy, and it said Texas A&M, and it said head coach Jimbo Fisher, and under the year, it just had question marks. And there's Jimbo going, well, I don't know what year it's going to be, but it's going to be some year. We're going to win one of them. And needless to say, that trophy, the question marks are still there. Jimbo, now you can cross it off and then replace it with somebody else. 
That's almost as good as Scott Frost Day out in Nebraska. Scott Frost, another home run hire that couldn't possibly miss, no. along with Tom Herman at Texas. Yeah, I, I, Mike, I, um, I was not shocked to see either of the two gentlemen in the SEC West be relieved of their duties. Uh, we've been hearing the rumors on Zach Arnett for a while. Uh, Jimbo, clearly the biggest one because he's Jimbo and because it's $77 million. I think I have the information around here somewhere, but uh, 19.2 is owed to him uh, in the next 60 days. And then thereafter, that's like 7.2 million. Here it is. 19390 19390000 grand in 60 days, and then eight payments uh, starting no later than March 11th of 2024 that runs through 2031 of $7.271 million a year. Um, this decision was made before they throttled Mississippi State. Probably the first time that I can remember two coaches who played each other within 48 hours also didn't have a job. Right, um, which was really interesting, but obviously the decision had been made regardless of the outcome of that game, or for that matter, any other game that's upcoming. So, how um, much was that buyout again for uh, for Jimbo? For Jimbo, yeah. Uh, the total is seventy seven million five hundred sixty two thousand five hundred dollars. You think right now at Texas A and M, the fans are saying fire Ross Bjork? Too high of a buyout? No. I promise you they're not. $12 million for Will Muschamp seems pretty cheap right now, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it was probably the cheapest that we've seen in the SEC, as a matter of fact, yeah. in the last few years. Welcome um, welcome to reality. That's <laughs> if, you're, if you're sitting there sweating $12 million, again, the Mountain West is looking good because in the SEC, and I went through that whole litany, uh, it's not a homework assignment I wanted to do, but for, for this show, I go the extra mile. You know this. That's why the Fiesta Packs are in the buyout. Uh, I went through the buyout of almost every coach out there, and you ain't firing an SEC coach for twelve million again. Oh um, uh, no! Unless your Maybe name is Zach Arnett or somebody. Yeah, I, like yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Seventy-seven million, and they're not going to bat an eye at it. And that doesn't even include all the coordinators and coaches that you you fire in the process. So really, it's it's um, it's more than that. Um, and I guarantee you, Sam Pittman's buyout, if and when that happens. Is is more than twelve million for sure. Billy Napier would have been thirty if a lot of Gator fans had their way right now, as they're frustrated over there. Uh, Josh Heupel has a substantial buyout. Um, Lane Kiffin's buyout—I don't know off the top of my head because he's not getting fired, but I guarantee you it's mammoth. Yeah, I mean this is this is the—it's it, baked into the contract, people. Okay. When you hear the number, when you hear the salary of these coaches, that's not really the total amount because if if you want to play with the big boys, you have to have a substantial buyout. doesn't matter whether you like it or not or you think it's fair or cool. And I get it. Like, we're in a crappy economy. People are suffering out there. You're struggling to pay bills. And when normal people get fired, you don't get jack. You're lucky if you get like a month's severance pay in most cases. Um, I understand the the rather uh, unpleasant nature of it to to normal folks like us, um, but but it, that doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. Normal folks don't work in a business like this. Normal businesses don't get a hundred million dollars a year, which is what the SEC is going to get in media revenues. Every school, 
South Carolina included, $100 million a year. It's before a ticket is sold, a donation is made. So coaches know this. And the fact of the matter is, as you watch all these coaches get fired every year, here's the deal. Very few people are good at this. Very few people are – there's a lot of guys that know X's and O's. I can go to, I can go to the, the, the high school state tournament. At, at, is it williams Bryce this year? Where is it at? Uh, uh, no, I think it's at uh, South yeah, Carolina State this year, isn't it? Didn't they move it to Orangeburg? Orangeburg? Okay. Yeah, I think so. I did a couple of those on uh, ETV when it was back at williams Bryce. Anyway, um, I could go there and I could find you some guys that, that could flat out coach ball. But very few people can handle – you're basically a CEO, right? When you've got these jobs, you are not just – calling plays you are a ceo of a major enterprise worth a lot of money and so there's very people very few people that can handle all of that the x's and o's the recruiting the fundraising the budgetary concerns the nil everything there's very people that do it well and so the few that can do it well or potentially can do it well get paid a lot of money and they get a big safety net. That is how it's. That's how the game is played. And if you if you waste your time obsessing over how much a coach gets going out the door, then again you're you're missing big time college football in today's day and age of climate. Because I'm here to tell you, it's not changing. It's just there was a time when when the, when Auburn fired Gus Malzahn, the buyout was 25 million. That was far and away the biggest in the history of college athletics. And people were like, what? $25 million to fire Gus? That is now becoming almost the average for SEC slash Big Ten coaches. Unless you fire him with cause, unless you do something stupid like Mel Tucker, and then you've got a way to avoid it. But uh, Or what's his, uh, Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee. Unless you can find that, no. And by the way, that buyout for Jimbo has no mitigation. In other words, if Jimbo decides to take the head coaching job at Michigan State, let's just say next year, yep. and makes $8 million, I mean, if Mel Tucker's worth nine and a half, what's Jimbo worth? Let's just say he gets eight. That $8 million does not, does not offset the 77. He's getting the 77 no matter what job he gets, no matter what he does, whether he stays on a ranch in Texas or whether he's the head coach at Michigan State. They owe him $77 million, period. And right now at Texas A&M, they're not going, gosh, I can't believe we did that. We didn't have to give them that much money. I mean, they re-upped them after one good year during COVID. Why? They don't care. They just spend the money, and they say, who are we going to get, and how much money do we have to pay him? So they've always had the big-time mentality in College Station. They just haven't had big-time results. Well, so the next conversation to be had about this is where do they go with this hire? I mean, there's – there's obviously going to be tons of interest. You know, I mean, Mike, we, we've we seen, um, like, I've already, you've heard from certain national media uh, members, I guess, if you want to call them that. You know, A&M is, yeah, they're in it to make a splash. Well, they already made a splash, and now they're, now they're in debt. Uh, not in debt, but they're out $100 million without the results that they were hoping to get from, from Jimbo Fisher. I mean, that was this, that was like the whale of a splash, you know, all the water came out of the ocean when that thing happened. Um, I, I, 
at what point in time do some of these schools maybe change their strategy as to who literally best fits what we need here as a, as opposed to what's just the big name and it's going to get people to give more money and put butts in the seats. Like who is actually going to be the guy that is best for our football program? You've been around them. You've called a bunch of games. You, you obviously know a lot of people at Texas A&M. I don't know anybody at Texas A&M, so I'm not going to pretend that I do, Mike. Um, it is a different world. There's a lot of cash that floats around out there. They do have high expectations. They understand who they compete with. They know that they're in the SEC. They know that they're hated, hated rival. The Longhorns are coming in as well. At the end of the day, I don't know that any of that crap really matters, right? Like you're, you need to figure out what is best for your program. So I'm, I'm anxious to hear over the next few weeks what the what this candidate list looks like because maybe that'll tell us what type of research they've done on on themselves. Well, there's there's a first of all there's a pattern. For programs like this who have immense resources and a fan base that uh, feels like most fan bases do, our job is the best job on the planet. And so, therefore, we can get whoever we want. And this happens across the country. Remember now, when LSU fired Orgeron, the same AD that hired Jimbo Fisher at A&M is now the AD at LSU, right? And everybody thought Scott Woodward was going to poach Jimbo Fisher, the guy he hired at A&M, and get him to LSU. That's how Jimbo Fisher's agent, Jimmy Sexton, was able to go from $75 million to $95 million, to a high buyout to an even higher buyout. And LSU fans are like, we're LSU. <laughs> we have won national championships in this last half century. Uh, Jimbo clearly will want to go back to us. Well, he didn't. So put LSU as another program down that thought Jimbo would be a quote-unquote home run hire. Uh, and who would have thought that eventually LSU would land on, on Coach Kelly? Josh Heupel, as we've talked about many times, was not the first choice, the second choice, the third choice for Tennessee, nor their AD. But when everybody else said no, they went to Josh Heupel. So you hear all these names. It's going to be the coach from Oregon, it's going to be the coach from Washington, it's going to be the basically everybody who's having great success right now, Texas A&M should be able to get them by just stroking a big check. That's the mentality over there. Uh, I don't think it's a mentality everywhere to your question, but I do think for some programs that have immense resources, they feel like uh, it's the classic godfather axiom, give them an offer he can't refuse. Uh, I personally think they're going to have offers out there that are refused, and we may never even find out about it. Uh, a lot of times these things are, are sent through back channels with, AD, uh, with, with agents, and you, you kick the tires. You say, look, I, I know you're, you're really happy, uh, Kalen DeBoer, and Washington's a cool place, and you're about to go in the Big Ten, and you're making a lot of money, but we got more money, and we got big hats and, and juicy steaks. Um, and somebody here is going to make history that, that that nobody else has been able to do in a long, long time. And Kalen's agent might say, "No thanks. We'll leverage another three million a year out of it. Thank you very much, but we're not going anywhere." Well, then you don't tell anybody that, but you eventually you hire whoever and you say, "See, that was our first choice all along. It was Dan Lanning." Oh wait a minute, Dan Lanning says no because Phil Knight says no. We we got a lot of money at Nike, and Oregon's pretty good deal, so we're going to keep you there. Okay. Well, we didn't want Dan Lanning anyway. Our first choice all along was Mike Elko, who's been a coordinator here. And 
Mike Elko, you would think, would surely leave Duke for A&M. If, the, if, if everything else is consistent with the kind of money that A&M throws around. But I don't know, is, is every A&M big-time booster convinced that that's the best hire? I, I think that that would be celebrated by some, and it would be a lukewarm response by others. So I, I, I think they're going to they're gonna throw everybody into a hat. They're going to go after, they're going to go big game hunting, right? That's what a lot of ADs like to say, I'm big game hunting. And then they usually don't get the big game, um, but they talk a big game. And they're going to get some rejection letters, I think, in return before they finally get the guy they want, and it'll be celebrated as the guy they wanted all along. And this is the guy that truly understands the culture of Texas A&M football, unlike Jimmy, um, unlike Jimbo Fisher, unlike Kevin Sumlin, unlike Sherman, unlike everybody not named R.C. Slocum. Brad, How good a job is A&M, Mike? I mean, we've seen uh, uh, is is the difference truly only the staff in place? Because it's arguable that they've got one of the most talented rosters, at least you know by the numbers enough to develop into the type of team that would be able to take on and win a national championship is truly the only missing piece there with all of their seemingly limitless resources, the right guy. It's the, it's the hundred million dollar question, Phil. And right. <laughs> I, I talked about this yesterday on JC and Morgan, how I referenced Josh Pate, who we've had on, I think does good work, but Josh Pate threw out a, um, a, a video clip or whatever, and, and basically said, and this is like red meat for the A&M fan base, so I'm sure it got a ton of hits. Uh, A&M is clearly an elite job, clearly ready to win a national title. Clearly they just have made the wrong hires. Uh, but if you took Kirby Smart and you, and you put him in A&M, he'd have multiple national titles. Well, you don't know that. You can't say that. Um, if it was just a... Like the guys that everybody in the country wanted Jimbo Fisher. Let's not have revisionist history. Right. Yep. Jimbo Fisher was a proven track record as a coordinator multiple places, won a national championship and played for another one at Florida State not like 50 years ago. Ten. So why wouldn't that be a good hire? And he recruited well at Texas A&M. He had a top 10 recruiting class almost every year he was there. They brought in big time players. Um, he knows how to call plays, and then when he then when that might have been an issue, he brings in Petrino for crying out loud, which we all agree. There's one thing Bobby can do: you don't invite him to, you don't introduce him to your daughter, but by golly, you 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 certainly trust him to call plays. Um, so maybe it's something bigger than that. If it was all about money, Texas would be sitting on ten national championships the last twenty years. If right. it was all about location southern cal would have some natties these florida schools that have been so underachieving with the exception of florida state this year would certainly be better than they are that's pretty fertile recruiting ground is it not so i can't just sit here and say well if they had kirby smart the they, they would have been they would have won national titles i don't think kirby wants any part of that if they if they backed up the brinks truck and said whatever george is paying you we'll double it Kirby's be like, hell no, <laughs> I'm in a good spot here. I don't need that smoke. Um, keep in mind, Texas is loaded with high school talent, but you're competing with, te uh, excuse me, A&M is, you're competing with Texas. You're competing with all those other Texas schools. You're competing with all the other schools that go into Texas. 
Whereas Georgia, Georgia Tech is no competition for Georgia. You own the state of Georgia. You get every five-star you want from there and the neighboring states and the country. So A&M is a good job. But if it was that great a job, I refuse to believe that it's all because they've just hired one terrible coach after another over there. I, I, I think it's a little bit deeper than that. And I think, I think if, if somebody's offered that job, I promise you they're going to look at it and go, wait a minute. Let me put my confidence and arrogance aside here for a second. These guys, like Jimbo Fisher, Fisher was no idiot. How come it didn't work for him at all? Kevin Sumlin, you could say, was a little bit of a reach, but it didn't work for him even with a Heisman Trophy quarterback. Maybe it's more of a difficult job than than we think it is, and, and maybe all the money in the world isn't going to change that. Just throwing that out there as a possibility because that's what the results would tell you over the last however many decades. Brad Crawford will also be joining us in the 1 o'clock hour. I'll be fascinated to let him and Mike talk about this. I'll just sit back, relax, and learn uh, here on our program. In the last 10 years, by the way, uh, there have been four Big 12 championships, one out of the state of Texas. Baylor did it three times. TCU did it once. Uh, the Texas Longhorns have not. And since A&M entered the SEC in that time, they have not won anything either. Uh, so it's interesting, all that Haven't money. been to Atlanta, right? No banners. That's right. No, they have not. Been to not they haven't even won the West. They have, so, won, they have won nothing. Texas coming in hasn't won the Big 12 uh, in, gosh, I think the last time they did it was 2009. And uh, the uh, Aggies have not uh, won a league or division title since 1998 in the Big yeah, 12. I mean, it, yeah, Missouri has years. been better in the SEC than a and <laughs> They have achieved Absolutely. more. Yeah. There's no mm-hmm. doubt. I, they have found, Phil, I, uh, somebody, I don't know if it was you. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll continue this conversation. We've got to move on to, uh, to Mississippi State as well. I want to get Mike's thoughts on that, and we'll, we'll get into some hoops and stuff like that today as well. But uh, but Brad will be here in a little bit, so this, this conversation will ramp up uh, tremendously here on our program. Inside the Gamecocks, the show – Built by the Barndoco. We'll be right back. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. This holiday season, you can give a gift like never before. Hey guys, it's JB. Rescues and Resin produces custom designed wood and resin products. From tables to wall art, coasters to cutting boards, and pretty much anything you can dream. Proud Gamecocks and veteran-owned, Dustin and Tabitha are creating products that will blow your family and friends away when they take the wrapping paper off this Christmas. Check them out in the Chief Sports app now to get your custom order in before it's too late. Rescues and Resin are also proud supporters of Carolina Rise and proud partners of the Chief Sports Network. Rescues and resin at gmail.com or in the Chief Sports app is where you can find them. Change your gift giving game today by ordering a custom design through our friends Tabitha and Dustin in Rescues and Resin. My company is Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. We are based in Columbia, South Carolina. 
and we have two lines of sauces and a spice rub. I mean, when people try our product, they know it's a gourmet product and it can go on any type of food. It's not surprisingly delicious. It's expectedly delicious. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. Twelve thirty. Welcome back to Golden Tones of the great Mike Morgan joining us as he does on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Today though is only Tuesday. Uh, still a few days before Darud makes his appearance outside of Williams Price <laughs> Stadium in Columbia, South Carolina. All the way from I think Sweden. Uh, that's going to be that's going to be wow. That's going to be wow. The next two Saturdays uh, there are uh, if you, I would say VIP is the understatement uh, with Darud coming to town and then. Uh, uh, I know JC is working to officially confirm this, but uh, all indications are uh, President Trump will be in for the Clemson Carolina football game as well. Say what? Yes, sir. He really? Will be, uh, he will be in town. So wow, uh, we're he looking at first in the south, <laughs> like but, like uh, at the game, at the game. Yeah, at the game, uh, making some rounds for and all that the whole night. <laughs> yeah, there's uh there's there's a lot still to be uh, kind of. Uh, you know, rolled out on this deal. So we're not going to get too much into the discussion about it. But I did already have somebody say, well, that's going to be great for traffic. Like, get your ass there a little earlier. How about that? It's the last game of the year. I mean, you know, sorry. They inconvenienced you. You know, get in your car and don't show up two hours before they kick off. How's that sound? Um, I want to plug this, too, because I think tonight this will be really neat to, to watch. There's some great hoops on tonight. But SEC storied true character it premieres tonight at 9. It's the story of Brandon Burlesworth and Clint Sterner uh, from Arkansas. That's going to oh, be. Oh, I've worked with Clint. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. What type of guy is he? What kind of guy is he? Awesome. So he was one of our first uh, analysts on the SEC network. And I did a few games with him. Uh, and then all of a sudden he was just disappeared. Um, so I haven't talked to him in a few years, but he's awesome. I mean, he is. He's like Arkansas to the core, you know, walks around cowboy boots. Um, smart dude, like was a, was a quality player, made it to the NFL primarily as a backup, had to live down. I mean, he, he talks about it, that infamous fumble against Tennessee, Arkansas should have beaten Tennessee in a, in a key game that year and had a late fumble, but, um, he does uh, radio, I believe in Houston, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So what is the story about specifically? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. But, uh, well, it's, it's one of those, it. it's one of those, uh, SEC story doesn't do a story that's not good, so I'm anxious to see. Yeah, very what, true. Yeah, you know no, they I'm, they I'm do good work to check this. I love all those. Um, all right, Mike, uh, flipping the again. Brad's going to come up in a little bit, so I'm really interested to hear both of you kind of go back and forth on this as well. 
Um, not to steal your thunder, Mike, but uh, this was the only day we could get Brad in, so we wanted. Yeah, no, that's fine. I like Brad. He's he is uh, quite resourceful when it comes to this stuff, and and absolutely see see what he's hearing. Mississippi State is look, uh, you know, this is a South Carolina show. A lot of similarities in these two programs. Um, Very blue collar, if you ask me, and uh, looking for the right guy. I go back to when they hired Zach Arnett. You know, if had they had they had Mike Leach left for another job or had Mike Leach been fired, God forbid, I, I don't know that Zach Arnett was going to be the guy. They just say, hey, hop in the seat. It's your turn. Um, unfortunately, the worst case scenario that we could have dreamed of happened and Mike Leach passed away. And it, it, it looking back on it, you ca- I think, Mike, a lot of people probably knew or at least felt like they knew this but didn't want to say it out loud. It seemed a little disrespectful at the time, and I can understand that. But when you look back uh, to when he was promoted into this seat, which I guess was about 11 months ago, if, if my memory serves me correct here, um, it, it, it was the easy thing to do to keep things kind of intact. There was a lot of emotions. There was a lot of heartbreak. There was just a lot of stuff going on. And Zach Arnett uh, was a guy, uh, you know, I guess at the time, that seemed like the right guy to kind of try to keep that program somewhat together uh in his honor clearly um it it clearly it hasn't worked and and clearly the administration there when they initially agreed to signing him on as head coach um it was a prove it if you want to be a long-term type deal like they weren't going to give him his three or four years to get things figured out mm-hmm. by, by virtue right. the way he just figured this out because he just got fired um so i i think that there's want to make sure we unpack all that before we really have the conversation here. But Mississippi State, again, much like South Carolina, you know, it, it, it is a blue-collar job. They're going – when the SEC shifts out of the divisions, all of these programs, by virtue of, you know, a revolving door when it comes to the schedule, not having the same four teams, having to beat you up every year, that type of stuff, maybe they'll have more of a chance uh, to be able to do some nice things down the road. What, what? When we look back at all the coaches in in Mississippi State history, what type of coach is successful there? I mean, Jackie had a nice run. Mike had some wins there. I mean, what does it take to be successful in Mississippi State? You've been around that program a lot too over the years. First phone call I'd make is to try to get Dan Mullen back. Um, I think he did. Spurrier says you don't go back to the to the same place twice. Maybe not, but I don't know if Dan fits in a lot of places right now, and I don't think Mississippi State is an easy job, and Dan did as good a job as you can do there in today's climate. You mentioned Jackie Sherrill, um, who got him to an SEC championship game in the 90s, did some good things, but I don't think this is – the, the climate changes have not helped Mississippi State necessarily with, with so many of these um, juggernaut programs continuing to get more and more resources, and uh, it's just tough. Uh, I, look, I think South Carolina is a quote-unquote better job, but I do think your analogy is a good one in that there there's similar, similar hurdles to clear um, at both those jobs, and – you could take that for what it's worth, but I'm telling you what, what coaches talk about. So I've talked sure. to them about both of these jobs and, and, and I know what the way they look at these jobs. And 
Like South Carolina has stuff that Mississippi State will never have, which is a 90,000-seat incredible environment uh, for game. Mississippi State's a great environment. That could be taken the wrong way. But it, you just don't have the raw numbers that South Carolina does. Um, but financially speaking, I mean, I'll bet you if, if we really were able to open the books and look at everything, which you, you can't really do, Mississippi State and South Carolina are probably in the same tier in this conference, right? And we we know who the, the, the regulars are at the tops, just talking about finances. So it, it's, a, it's, it's not an easy job. Starkville's not for everybody. Um, you know, it's only going to get harder with the addition. We're, we're getting rid of divisions, thank goodness, but uh, we're getting rid of uh, – we're adding Oklahoma and Texas to the league. So I, I think that is – got to be creative with your hire. And you don't go big game hunting when you're Mississippi State. You have to be, you have to be creative. Joe Moorhead was uh, – that was almost Chad Morris like at Arkansas. Right? Well, we've seen some. Creative. We uh, no. Well, you could <laughs> it say was it was creative. But... You could say it was creative, <laughs> creatively bad. Um, yeah, but but there's a lot of people that would have hired Moorhead. There's a lot of people that would have hired Chad Morris, but they both p- failed miserably at those particular jobs. And now, and you had a great number last week, Jamie. I guess it was on Thursday show. You threw out two and a half over under SEC coaches that get fired. Well, we're already we're already at two and three feels like it's looming, so the over might be the right play there. If so you're able to get that. Hey, in. Here's the thing, not to not to interrupt, but here's the thing. I I mentioned that yesterday to JC Mike, and he said I'd put it at four and a half. I said, oh, sorry, did you say four and a half? He goes, oh. yes, because I believe there would be an SEC coach in this league that might leave. Talking about Lane, mm-hmm. like Kiffin going to A and M. Yep. Nah. I don't – I'm nah. with you. I don't see – I'll tell you, I've said this before. I'm going to stand on it until it doesn't happen. I think Lane Kiffin wants to be the head coach at Alabama, and he can handle it. He's the only guy who can handle it following the dude. But, you know, that's not to say that he wouldn't take $100 million to go to a and Well, either, yeah, like 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 <laughs> like all of us, it's human nature, right? You never, well, no, you never say you'll never. Get, you'll we all have a price. Contracts, I'll be there. You got to be kidding me! That's right. Everybody has <laughs> Everybody has a price, but but Ole Miss for a school that's uh, you know smaller and small market and all they got a lot of money. They got big time booster money. They're not going to lose Lane the money. I don't think. I really. All don't. right. So let me ask you this: Why would you? Okay, outside of money, outside of money, take money off the table. Money. This is kind of silly to ask because money is going to ultimately going to be at the forefront of whoever makes this decision outside of money. Why would you want a job like Texas A&M? And, and yeah, you, say, it's a gr- you, you, you know what I'm okay. Okay. It's a great question because, because I mean, you look at it. I mean, and when I first came to Columbia, people used to say, you're going to learn quick, Mike, South Carolina's a graveyard for coaches. Um, well, you could make the same point about Texas A&M here lately. Right. Like it hadn't exactly worked out real well for the guys that have gotten that job over the last however many years. Um, the 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 short answer to that is you have unlimited resources. You have an incredible environment on Saturday. I mean, if you if you haven't been to a, a Texas A M game, and I'm sure some Gamecock fans made the trip this year, uh, it is a, it is a pretty incredible place. It's different. 
with with the way they do things and yell night the night before and all that stuff. It's 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 a neat deal. Um, you have fertile recruiting ground in your backyard. You said that a lot. Uh, you said that a lot kinder than most people would say that. What's that about the, the whole yell night thing? It, it, most people, you know, it's a little different. Mine's actually a little much. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah. if you're a student, let me put it this way: like I have uh, a friend of mine. Uh, her her son went there and loved Yell Night and loved everything. Like if you if you actually went there, you think it's the coolest thing on the planet. If you don't, then you you know you bag on it and you think it's stupid. There's probably plenty of fans that think playing Darud Sandstorm every five minutes is a dumb thing. No, let me I happen clarify. to like the song, so I love it. <laughs> I, I I really appreciate the tradition because nobody in college football does that. Yeah, no, it's can do that. I. I, I I find it strange all the little funky things that the dudes out there in their in their uniforms do. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're getting into a a, a sensitive area, so I, I, there's a lot of jokes I can make, but I'm I'm not going to do it because I'm just oh, not going to do it. No, just give us one. No, just give no. Us one. I'll leave that to it. JC when he's back on uh, tomorrow or Thursday. <laughs> um, <laughs> JC's got less of a filter than I do. Um, but no, I mean, it, it, there's there's a ton of the the. And you got to remember, most of these coaches, like I said, they're pretty confident, if not arrogant, and they figure mm-hmm. there's two parts of the brain. One that says, well, there's a reason nobody's winning championships at A&M, and I probably ought to heed that warning before I take the job. And then there's the other part of the brain that says, yeah, but I'm better than those guys, and I can do it. <laughs> so you're battling that. Yeah, you're battling that that conflict in your head if you're uh, an accomplished football coach. But I don't think Lane wants any part of it. I don't think Lane fits there. Lane marches to the beat of his own drummer. Uh, He really does. And, like, if if old uh, what's-his-name from Spartanburg called up the Lane Kiffin show, uh, he might not go on the rant Dabo went, but he'd basically say, go blank yourself, dude. (laughs) Like, he he gives two Fs about – Fans, fewer words. For him. Yeah, yeah, he just so <laughs> the A and M the A and M brass after a tough loss or let's say they lost like three out of four, which would probably happen at some point. Uh, they would expect to like really get Lane and Lane be like, "Bro, I don't need this job. Uh, you, you can kiss my rear end." What the last guy do? Would you pay him on the way out? But you're about to pay me more on the way out. That's just Lane. Uh, and I love like I think Lane's great for the league. I, I don't want Lane to go anywhere, but I don't think he fits in College Station. I think he stays right where he is. You know, a year ago we were hear, hearing rumors he'd move to Miami. He would take this job. He would take that job. I think he's just fine where he is. Obviously, Alabama's going to be the rumored one years when when Nick finally does retire. And again, he would certainly win more at Alabama. But do you want that level of BS? You know, one of the, one of the underrated facets of of Nick Saban is he deals with it about as well as you can deal with it. He deals with the unbelievable expectations at a program like Alabama about as well as you. Is he cranky, ornery? Yeah, but he knows how to deal with those people. I don't know if Lane has the patience for it. I think Ole Miss is just perfectly tailored for him. Like they just got worked over, right? They just got completely bludgeoned by Georgia. Uh, game day was there. I told you I'm, I was on my way out from calling the basketball game Friday night, big win for Georgia over Wake, and uh, the place was already just 
there's Ole Miss fans everywhere, Georgia fans everywhere, game days there, blah, blah, blah. They got worked. And at a lot of schools, the the embarrassment of that would be like, uh, you know, fire Wayne. Or, uh, no, Ole Miss fans are like, you know what? Georgia's a better football team. It, we, we gave it a shot. <laughs> We're ready for the party in the Grove next week, and we'll be back. That's It's a different deal. Win the Egg Bowl more than you lose it. Win seven, eight games. Go to a bowl game. And that fan base will stay off your back. That's not the case at AM. That's not the case at Florida. It's not the case at Georgia. It's not and some some might say it's not the case of South Carolina. Uh it, it just depends. But I think Ole Miss is kind of they, they know where they they're comfortable in their lane. <laughs> Literally. Literally. Yeah. I didn't even make, I didn't even mean to make a pun there, Phil, but no, it just came good. out. Yeah, no, and I think Lane. I oh, mean, gosh, is, 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 we've is JB all possessed? What what's going on there? Oh yeah, wow! Yeah, there he is. Oh, He's back. There wow, he is. that was scary, JB. Are you okay? What happened? You froze, and your you eyes were like all in. white, and you looked like right. a, like you were it's something out of The Exorcist. I thought you were going to spit pea soup there for a minute. Oh no, I was sorry. I was watching the A and M Midnight Yell. I apologize. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> uh, well, that'll do it. I think we've seen um, Kiffin mature before our eyes. Have we not? I mean, that's absolutely. Absolutely. That yes. Every big job. I mean, because I, I mean, let's, I mean, if, if we're being honest with ourselves, he could have taken the Auburn job, right? I mean, that would have been his. No doubt. And interesting. And, and why I didn't he take it? Why yeah, didn't he? Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't want to deal with it. He didn't want to no, deal with I it. Think yeah, right, he's right. reached right. a point in his life and an emotional maturity about him that he does not have that hubris he did when he was at Tennessee and bolts for hundred percent. He's grown up. Yeah. And I can, I can tell you being at Alabama last year uh, for a game and talking to some people there at practice that Lane was, uh, he was a little bit off the rails as an assistant at my, at uh, Bama. He, he needed to get his life kind of cleaned up and he, and he, and he has, and he's got a nice lady in his life, as he always seems to, sometimes more than one. But he he's he's like he is now just a mature guy, good football coach who's done a very good job at Ole Miss, but that, that job's tailor made for him. It it really is. I mean, he wanted that job as much as they wanted him. Uh most people couldn't tell you who the A D is at Ole Miss. He's a former basketball player, Keith Carter. Um you don't you don't have to be this like tremendous administrator looks good in a suit to be an athletic director but he got yeah, lane I mean, kiffin and, I, he, and he just got chris beard to coach the basketball program yeah money talks yeah, yeah talk about I, it I lane staying there for life uh you know it's uh hey sometimes being comfortable and uh and you know he's got more money that- than he's ever going to spend yeah, like yeah. He, I mean, you don't have to he, chase the bag. You no, know? Yeah. exactly. You, these guys are at a point now that we'll never know, okay? I mean, they have millions in the bank. They have generational wealth. Oh, so, uh, except for Jamie, of course. <laughs> no, no, not now. With, with his We're real estate empire. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's really killing And, it right and Chief Sports. <laughs> but, but, you know, they. so do you want to cause yourself mental anguish over an extra two million a year when you're making nine. I don't know. No, yeah. I mean, no. yeah, that's the young man's quandary. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what I'm saying. I th- I think that Lane is a guy. I, I I'm just convinced of this. I, I again, I have no inside information that I'm willing to tell you. No, I'm just kidding. I don't have any inside. It's just a feel. 
that I, I feel like one day, whenever Nick is done, he'll say, all right, I'll do it. I'll give it a shot. If it works, great. If it doesn't work and he gets canned, even better. Hey, I get a bunch of I get a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go back to my house in Florida. I don't know. I might I might do TV. I don't know what I'll do, but I'll do whatever I want. He's just that type of guy. Like if yeah. he he's going to get the call, he's going to get a call every time there's an opening. I mean, we we I think we're aware of that. But uh, so that's why I'm convinced that there's like one job. Well, let's see if we can do it. Not like oh god, I sure hope I hope I get this right. Ah, we'll we'll figure it out when we get there. That type of deal. Yeah. Um, uh, and I have but, no idea to circle back to Mississippi State who they go after if it's not Mullen. Um, mm-hmm. But they have to be creative. They they have to be yeah. uh, creative with it. They're, they're the same names you see for A and M are not going to be the same names you see for Mississippi State. I don't I don't think so. Different jobs. Well, yeah, totally different jobs. But um, well, the same names that you see that have real teeth to them not the average fan well here are my top five uh coaches right i'm not talking players. message board stuff yeah. i'm not Bill ta- I'm talking yeah i'm talking realistic gonna... realistic hey, everybody... names that would actually take the job everybody bring your shovels and meet in south bend we're gonna dig up air parsegian and uh, he's going to be the next coach here of mississippi state football um we great we digging? Will... is that where we are well i mean you know in today's world it's cheaper <laughs> And uh, number one, and number two, you know, th- it is the world's kind of gone wacky, Mike. I wouldn't be shocked to see somebody. There you go, John Gruden. John Gruden. There you go. Oh, he's going there to Tennessee. Go. Remember that was. Oh yeah. How many right. times was John Gruden rumored for the Tennessee job? Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he gave that two seconds of consideration, but no. multiple times that fan base thought they were getting John Gruden. Uh, Julie, uh, Dabo for A&M, of course, I have no insight into this. I would be really – I know he gave a very strange answer earlier today about this. Uh, must be November. You know, I'm just focused on North Carolina. Um, you know, I think that he's just trying to not say never, so it can't be thrown back that he said never. But I would be really, 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 really uh, just blown away if Coach Sweeney, after everything he's preached all the years, decided he wanted to go to a, play, a pressure cooker like that, as Phil called it just a little while ago, why? I, I, I see no. I and he already makes a ton of money. Um, yeah. No. The only the only thing there is like if, and I've I've told you this before. I've been around coaches that have reached Dabo's point, where what he's basically saying in so many words is, "Who the hell are you?" To criticize what I what was Clemson football before I got here and mm. took you to two national titles. So if he really wanted to take that next level, he could say, okay, blank off, I'm gone. That's kind of what Mike White did with the Florida basketball job and said, okay, you want me fired? Fans, you want me gone? I'll go take the Georgia job. How do you like me now? <laughs> and and so you could do that. You could if if you want to really Give the old middle finger salute on the way out. You could do that, but I'm with you. I I don't think that happens. Nah, I don't either. And and I and I don't think that there's anything in Coach Sweeney. I think it, there would have been, but there's nothing in Coach Sweeney's body in my mind. I know a guy who's talked to him about this. I know a guy well who's talked to him about this. He does not want the Alabama job. So you know, I mean, maybe that could change. But as of I guess this was a year, probably longer than that. Maybe two years ago, there was nothing inside of Coach Sweeney that wanted that Alabama job. Why? Why? Why would you do that? I, I've never thought that that was 
in play before. I, I didn't think he was going to leave. Again, path of least resistance is what, yeah. something I always talk about when it comes to these jobs. Uh, there's a hell of a lot less resistance coaching Clemson in the ACC than there is Bama in the SEC. Uh, right. I don't care if he played there. You know, that's great. He's, I'm sure he has that degree and shines it every day. At the end of the day, your degree is to help set you up for the best future. And if you feel like you're going to make a great amount of money and have the most success at Clemson, as opposed to every time you lose a game at Alabama, they're going to say you're not Nick Saban. I mean, all you got to do to be Nick Saban is just win, what, seven national titles, and you'll be right there with them. I mean, that's it. As long as you can do that, you're, you know, then you will have met the expectations for the next Alabama coach. That's good. It's good. It's well, I, we got out from under the shadow of yeah. Bear Bryant. I mean, you know, it's like, literally – I can't I can't say anything any better than Mike. I mean, that's just a great point. That's why, that's why Lane, Lane would be like, don't care. Oh, is that all? Right, yeah. Give me, give me, give me. You know, I'll go do my best for you, and that's all I can. Right. Lane would be like, "Hey, you can't win them all." And Bama yeah, fans right. be like, "What the hell are you talking so about? Huh? Yeah. Do you see what we did with under Saban? Yeah. So, look at the trophy so case. We lost. So what? I'll see you next week. Oh. Yeah, it's it's all good. Yeah. Wait, World's not going to end. We'll be we'll be ready next week. We'll coach him up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's all good, man. Have a beer, it's dude. Have a beer. Chill. Dude, it's not the end of the relax. world. We're seven and two. What? What? I mean, come on. Hey, Would man, you rather chill. be four and three? We're seven and two. Juice, juice. Where's juice? We're gonna. I'm gonna take a walk. I'll see you boys next week. You know, you take. I'll take care. Oh man! All right, um, Come here, babe. Let's go. Let's go. These people are getting on my nerves, babe. Let's go. What do you want? Some shrimp and grits? What do you want? Hey, Tefay. Let's go get it. All right. Let's go to the square. Uh all right. Um, plenty more on that. Um, it is the end of the hour. We will sign off a little early here to make sure we can maximize our time with Brad. Mm-hmm. Do want to hop back into some hoops with Mike and uh, Mike had a big weekend last week, so we'll make sure we can. Allow <laughs> yeah, should I explain to- why Jadavion Clowney is behind me in a, in a Ravens uniform? I don't know if we've touched on that at all. But- well, we'll, we'll get <laughs> anyone to- who has some time spent Mike- listening should know. Yeah, Mike went from uh, college hoops to the NFL in 48 hours, less than 48 hours, 36 hours. Best game of the weekend. It was it was a phenomenal game. And for those that had the over on clowny sacks on Deshaun Watson, well, you were you hit that one big time well, on the fat that. I would have been five and zero if I did that, man. I was four and one. You were four and one. Uh, I took Missouri, Michigan, Alabama, and Georgia. Yeah, I did not have a good week. No. Told you I was just going to reel you in. Come on, come on, come on. Ah, well, Tennessee, and I, all year long I've been saying Tennessee wasn't going to be as good as they were a year ago, but I still thought they'd somehow beat Missouri, and they got pantsed in Como. I think that was the name of a country song by George Strait back in 78. I got pantsed in Como. <laughs> He'll sing it at the next concert. That's right. Which will Give be his Buffett final concert. Sing us to break here. Brad Crawford will join us next on Power Hour with Mike Morgan and Inside the Game Guys.
Hey, Gamecock fans, Mike Morgan here. During my time in Columbia, one of my favorite places to eat was Salsaritas. When I go back now for work or any other reason, it's still Salsaritas. Yeah, I'm like you. I love tacos. I love Tex-Mex. Where are you going to go to get them? Well, you've got two convenient Salsaritas locations, one in Lexington and the Target Center, and one in West Columbia as well. Now, if you like tailgating, and who doesn't? Whether it's for a football game or anything else, they've got the catering hotline. Get yourself some Fiesta Packs to take tailgating get yourself the three amigos bundles for tailgating they make catering easy with a fresh hot setup and again you just call the phone number 803-543-6297 to set it up you can also look them up online or you can even download the app salsa Rita's is just a cut above the rest that's why they're serving williams bryce stadium and the south stands also serving in the colonial life arena again that catering hotline number make it easy for you and the folks out there you don't need to settle for sandwiches every time 803-543-6297 803-543-6297 shop charleston fitness equipment this holiday season major discounts on treadmills rowers ellipticos and more proud partners of carolina rise inside the gamecocks and the chief sports network charlestonfitnessequipment.com 843-388-0999. Charleston Fitness Equipment this holiday season. Hey folks, it's JB, and as we all know, it's football season. My favorite place to shop for myself and the family is Gamecock Traditions in Lexington. They have the widest selection of Gamecocks attire, plus all the cool accessories for tailgating, cooking, kids, shoes, hats, and so much more. Most importantly for me, you can order online at GamecockTraditions.com, and it's shipped timely to your door. I've been shopping here for years, and I hope you will too. Order online right now on the Chief Sports app. Go Gamecocks. Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in a Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in the plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today. Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style in seconds. They're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nana'sPorch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550. South Carolinians, this message is for you, as well as for people in Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. 
If you think you may need work done to your roof or a new roof altogether, there's one simple name to remember, Elite Roofing and Restoration. South Carolina native Jeremy Johnson has been helping people in the South make sure they have the very best people checking on and building new roofs for over 25 years. Fully licensed, bonded, and insured. They provide the best service possible. Call or email today, 678-781-1998. That's 678-781-1998. Or you can go to EliteRoofingGA.com. Schedule a no-hassle free inspection today. Wind damage, hail damage, or just wear and tear. Don't settle for second best. Let Jeremy Johnson and Elite Roofing and Restoration take care of it all for you today. Gamecocks there. Darius Rucker, Mark Bryan in the gang, Hootie and the Blowfish, as always, bringing us back at 1 o'clock here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Billy G's Carolina Barbecue presents the National Anthem every day, but check it out. If you're watching, you can see it. If you're listening, I'll read it. Uh, You can, this Thanksgiving, rely on them to help feed your family about at least five pounds of barbecue or pulled pork for those that don't call it barbecue like I do. You can get cheesy mac and cheese, mashed potatoes, cornbread dressing, green beans. Uh, You've got chicken and sausage uh, or chicken bog essentially is what it is. $70 for the pulled pork, $45 for a big thing of chicken bog, cheesy mac and cheese, $36, cornbread dressing, four and a half pounds of cornbread dressing for just $36. These are well-priced and might make it really easy. Get your orders in now. Get your orders in now. Uh, you can email Mr. Bill and his team. These are all individual orders, so you can't just go online and plug them in like catering. Uh, Bill at BillyG'sCarolinaBarbecue.com. So if you if you if you got the family Thanksgiving coming up and you want to make it easy and you, you're taking the green beans, these are the ones with the bacon and the onions in them. They're southern green beans. Uh, make it easy on yourselves. Billy G's Carolina Barbecue here to help this holiday season. And, uh, of course, you'll be able to pick all that up next Wednesday in the Columbia area over at the Rockbridge Club. So uh, certainly appreciate Mr. Bill, former Gamecock basketball player. We mentioned Darius Rucker and Hootie and the Blowfish is great Gamecocks. He's a pretty pretty good Gamecock himself. Uh, Billy G's Carolina Barbecue, and we cannot thank them 
enough. Brad Crawford will be in in just a moment. Mike Morgan here for one more hour as part of Power Hour. Of Power Hour, of course, uh, presented by our good friend uh, Brian Spencer of Palmetto Medicare. A man put on this planet for one purpose only. Well, two, actually, to do CrossFit, to try to attract the best females in the state of South Carolina, and also to provide the best Medicare coverage for South Carolinians, as he's been doing since 2005. Someone you can trust. Don't just call an 800 number. They're all over there. You've seen all the the ads, whether it's Martha or some other old coot telling you that uh, you need to call them to get straight. Uh, go with a younger coot in uh, Brian Spencer of Palmetto Medicare. The uh, phone number, or should I say the website, is palmetto-medicare.com. The phone number is 803-960-9484. doesn't cost anything to have a consultation to make sure that you're getting all the coverage, the prescription plans, et cetera, that you or a loved one needs. This might be, if you're not of age, the best gift you can give someone in your family that is of age. So do that for them, if not just for yourself, 803-960-9484. And also want to mention Gary Patterson, State Farm agent. If you need coverage in the Midlands, he is your guy from Columbia to Lugolf to Lexington to Camden, GaryPatterson.net, also one of the top ACC referees. So if you, you can accomplish two things with one phone call to Gary. Number one, you can get all your anger, air your grievances over the crappy calls you saw over the weekend, he'll he'll tell you what the referee was thinking or what he did right or wrong. And then he'll also get you in a home life or auto insurance plan or all together in a bundle and make sure you got the best coverage. He's been my guy for over 20 years and uh, still is today. GaryPatterson.net. You can see the phone number there. Get in touch with him and tell him Mike sent you. You see that guy whose head uh, who, who was decapitated? He probably should have been insured. That's his pitch, Gary Patterson. Decapitated? Well, something like Clowney, you remember? I mean, Clowney reminded oh, me. Oh, yeah. The, 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 <laughs> yeah, the Cla- Michigan running back probably should have had Gary. You know, he he prob- probably sh- I forgot his name. Now, the, the tackle that missed the block, he's still in the NFL. Lewin, right? Um, yeah, Taylor Lewan. It was um, the his name was um, – we just had this conversation. It was um, – Oh well, is Brad in? Brad don't know. Not yet, not yet. Brad's, Brad, Brad, Brad's stoning us. Hey, Terrence, you can send the. If you go to the uh, Chief Sports app, if you go to the Chief Sports app, uh, click on the connect section. You can send them right to my email, or you can send them to Mad Dog or our or, or any of those emails will come to us, and uh, we will we'll put your hometown in the uh, hold my hand video. Yeah, Vincent <laughs> Smith. Vincent Smith was his name. Okay, yeah, I'm not too familiar with his work overall. Uh, Maybe he's with Sid Farkas selling uh, the bro and the man's ear right now. But, uh, by the way, Clowney, excuse me, Craig says Clowney cost me a 5-0. I'll have the winner of the Salsaritas Fab Five Challenge today. Today, yeah. Today, and uh, tell you who's got uh, a Fiesta packet. Of course, we'll get back to it. On Thursday, but yeah, I threw yes. that question out. I think a lot of people thought it was a trick question that will, will Clowney get a sack against the Browns? Uh, he got two in the first half. I know two in the first half. I, <laughs> so I think he took that game a little personally. I think he was more than happy to sack a former Tiger. You know, Browns actually wear orange helmets, so if you just p- pretend there's a Tiger print on there, you could get some extra motivation for for Mister Clowney, who now wears number twenty four, as you can. See over my. Uh, I know it's so strange to right see shoulder. that. 
Like I, I look at that 24, I'm like, well, that's not clowny. Yes, it is. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was looking for that 90 at first. Year. And I'm like, no, no, no. I know the hair coming out of that 24. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. 10 year in big. the league. Yeah. yeah. That, that's it. That's insane. Roquan Smith had 18 tackles in that game. And Deshaun Watson couldn't hit the broadside of a barn in the first half. And then all of a sudden came out in the second and played like the Deshaun Watson they gave all that money to, uh, you know, played like he did five years ago. Mm-hmm. And that's a hell of a hell of a comeback by the uh by the Browns. But it was like a it was like a all-star uh game for co- college players that we all know. I mean, we talked about some of this on on Thursday, I know. But everywhere I looked on my depth chart, it's just, oh yeah, Georgia, Bama, A&M. And of course you had some Carolina Clemson in Rent, there as rinse well. Rinse and repeat. Yeah. Georgia, yeah. Bama, A&M, LSU. Pretty much. Georgia, Bama, A&M, LSU. Oh, Carolina. That's that's, that's we had two number, what uh you, Watson was number one what year? Fourteen? Fifteen. No, 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 no. Number one. He wasn't or, number uh, one. he wasn't number Clowney? one. He, Clowney Clowney was number one in Clowney was number one. Twenty fourteen. Right? Uh, yeah, 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 that sounds right. Okay. Twenty fourteen. Yeah. And that's then right, Watson Watson went in twenty 16 or 17? Something like that. I can't remember now. Oh, I think it was 17. They won the national championship in 16. Is that? I think I'm. It's got to be 17. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm just sitting here racking my brain. All right, Brad Crawford will be joining us here in twenty uh, from two four seven Sports uh, in just a little bit. Again, last night, Gamecocks take down VMI three and zero. Mike, we haven't spoken to you, but they did beat Virginia Tech on Friday night in the Hall of Fame series up in Charlotte. I know you were calling the Georgia Wake Forest game, and um, well, you probably had a chance to see some of this because your game was at seven o'clock on Friday night. I actually had you on our TV screen, and it started blacking out on me it was, i know i saw it, it. I cracked walking. your glass yeah sorry yeah. about that i hope I you got the turn... insurance from gary patterson we we did that. i had to i had to turn it <laughs> turn it off it was it was every time that you they would show your face courtside it started acting a fool that so happens I had, to, I had to get it out of there um but um look man i you know i don't know how much you've really seen of south carolina playing you do know this league inside and out uh and at the end of the day that's really what this conversation comes down to is are the gamecocks going to be good enough to take a step in the right direction and compete in the SEC. Uh, their starting five are all transfers uh, from places named Wofford, the Citadel, Minnesota, um, Ohio State. And what am I missing here, Phil? Michi's from Ohio State. Talon Cooper's from Minnesota. B.J. Mack Wofford. is from Wofford. Stephen Clark is from the Citadel. Who am I missing? Talon Cooper, Minnesota. Yeah, no, I said him. He said that. No, okay. I said yeah, Cooper's Cooper. from Minnesota. Yeah, I'm missing well, somebody. Anyways, again, once and just another thing for dead radio that doesn't matter. But um, but uh, <laughs> Miles Miles Studi from Vanderbilt. There we go. Studi yeah. um, Vanderbilt. That's right. That's, right. that's, yeah, that's yeah, one yeah. of the bigger ones. Yeah, that would be a, that would be, you know I want to remember that guy. Um, thus far this guy. year, I, I texted Derek Scott the other night, uh, Mike. I came up with this term on my own. I've been patting myself on the back ever since I did it. I said the the, the Gamecocks 
it's their version of AA this year. They attack and they answer. They attack and they answer. They attack and they answer. And um, in in the SEC, you know, you got to be able to attack and you got to be able to hit shots. And they're doing that through three games. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this because uh, it's nice to see some excitement um, from fans again about basketball. Uh, you know, last year was all about Gigi Jackson, who's in the G League, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. I th- I think that I was thinking about my first year. You know, I was with the the crew uh, with Charlie Mack and Casey a couple of years before that as a host and analyst. But um, my first year as play by play was the O four team that made it to the tournament O three O four. And that team had very low expectations, picked at the bottom of the league. Nobody knew who Torrance Kinsey was or cared. Nobody knew uh, that Mike Boynton was worth a darn. Nobody knew who Ronaldo Balkman was. And that team went on to the NCAA tournament, provided a lot of great moments uh, at the CLA, which, again, had great crowds, even though they didn't have a, a, a billboard campaign. Um because the fans come out when the product is good. That's the way it works. And they don't come out to see mid-majors in November at every SCC school on the planet. That's how it works. But I'm wondering, like, could this team have, and I'm not trying to put this amount of pressure, but if this team could have that element of surprise where nobody's talking about them, most people don't know the roster very well. Uh, Nowadays you do it through the portal. Back then you did it through recruiting almost exclusively. But maybe this is a team that is flying so far into the radar that they're gonna they're gonna surprise some people this year in a very very crowded stacked SEC. Um, it'd be great to see. It'd be great to see for that fan base uh, that has deserved, quite honestly, better basketball over the last twenty years. But um, at least now, what Lamont Paris has in his deck of cards are players that fit his system did not have that last year. Uh, does he have a bunch of all Americans? No. Uh, did, did they get the pick of the litter in the transfer portal? No, but I don't, South Carolina never has. You, you can still, there's other ways to skin a cat. And that's what you're hoping that, that this team will have is enough firepower and, and enough at each position where they can stay in games and then try to win games down the stretch late. That's a great point. Last year, we couldn't figure out exactly who they were, what they were trying to be. Obviously, he was one of the coaches bringing his system to town, and he was going to recruit guys to play in it. Uh, thus far, they've done it pretty well. A little bit lighter in the shooting department last night, but they are 3-0. and They've got DePaul coming up on Friday evening. Uh, before we get Brad in here, who's standing by, uh, tonight is an excellent night. If you're a fan of college basketball, here you go. Number nine, Duke, and number 18, Michigan State, who has already lost a game this year. Uh, They'll play in the United Center up there, right around the corner from J.C. Schubert in Chicago, Illinois. Marquette is fourth in the nation, if you haven't noticed. They're on the road at 23rd-ranked Illinois in Champaign. That's at 8 o'clock tonight on Fox Sports 1. You've also got 17th-ranked Kentucky in the United Center to take on Kansas. Both of those games, of course, are part of the State Farm champions classic and then you've got maybe maybe one that's sliding a little bit under the radar here iowa at 10 o'clock tonight on fox sports one they're two and oh they're in the gavit tip-off games against eighth ranked creighton in omaha nebraska so if you're a fan of college hoop there's some ranked games to keep it's an eye matchups on this evening. you nailed there's, them all 
No, there's no doubt about that. This guy's pretty good as well. Glad to have Brad Crawford, who, well, we had, oh, no, that was off the air earlier. Never mind. We talked to somebody earlier who was driving. I didn't know maybe you were driving to the same place, but you're probably not. Uh, Brad, Brad, glad to have you, man. It's been a busy week for you with the coaching carousel spinning out there. How are you? It has, man. Uh, it's probably about being late here. But like between picking my daughter up from private school every day to doing these split shifts with the playoff poll on Tuesday nights, my, my schedule this season has been kind of a blur. So, yeah, it's a, it's a <laughs> timing right now. Yep. Yeah, that's right. The uh, college football playoff rankings, the third version of them, will come out tonight. We'll see if there's any change from what we've seen. Uh, maybe Georgia. Yeah, they will. Know. Georgia will be one. Yeah, they will Back be. One. All right. Um, so we had Mike and I and Phil uh, discussed this at length earlier. Um, you know, you're, you're kind of the insider. Uh, certainly want to get your thoughts on it. But first, I'll, I'll ask you what you're hearing when it comes to we'll start with Texas A&M. Jeff Trailer is going to be the guy there, I think. Um, I mean, Dan Landing obviously has probably been called already, or at least his agent has. you got to remember, JB, that the agents speak for these coaches during all this stuff. And I actually wrote a story this afternoon on uh, five coaches so far who have been kind of involved with A&M and Michigan State and what they've said on the record. And Mike Elko, actually, he's already had the kiss of death saying his family loves Durham. We, we hear that all the time during these. My, my wife where I am. Yeah, but she could love College Station, too. So I don't know. Jeff, Jeff Toto is a guy, though, that has recruited the state of Texas well. Obviously, he has much lesser talent at UTSA and has done, you know, wonders there. And uh, Dan Landing, you know, came out last night and pretty much sealed it shut that he wants to stay at Oregon. And to be honest with you, A&M is probably the seventh best job in the new SEC. So. It's not exactly a place where you can come right in and I think, you know, make the playoff. But but those are going to be the expectations. Um, Mike, I'm sure you want to jump in here. You absolutely can. Let me fill, let me real quick. Let me fill people in on who Jeff Trailer is, because uh, he, he's he's, you know, everybody, anybody that was expecting to hear um, Urban Meyer and John Gruden. Uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, maybe Jeff Trailer, uh, who has spent his basically entire life in the state of Texas. Uh, he was born in Gilmer, Texas, uh, a high school coach there for quite some time, up actually until 2014 as the head coach at Gilmer High School, where he was born, and then from there became the special teams uh, coach and the tight ends coach for the Longhorns. He went on to be the assistant head coach and running backs coach at SMU in 2017, and then spent the following two seasons in Fayetteville, Arkansas, with the Razorbacks as their running backs coach and assistant head coach before taking over UTSA as their head coach in 2020. So I just want to make sure that I kind of tossed his resume out there. Go ahead, Mike. Sorry about that. No, actually, that's, I'm glad you did that because I'm sure a lot of people, when Brad said what he said, they were in their cars, they drove off the road, but they shouldn't. Um, that's a name, you know, we didn't, I told you all the guys I thought would be rumored about and wouldn't leave for the job they had to take the job. One guy that I think is very much uh, in play and would take the job is Jeff Trailer. And if you really do your homework on him in so many ways he fits. So if you yeah. could just get past this whole big game hunting type of thing, which fans get so enamored with and obsessed with, and you really you really think about it outside of those terms, just because you didn't know who he was doesn't mean he's not a good candidate. Uh, and at some point, 
what Texas A&M needs is somebody that really does fit the job and not just the hot name or the big name at the time because this just in that hasn't worked real well in College Station. So I, 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 I'm with you, Brad. I, I mean, I don't have any inside information as to who or what is, is going to be. I, when I watched that press conference with, uh, with their AD, I, I came away with the impression, I know they're all kind of forced to lie, but I really felt like they don't know exactly what they're going to do yet. Like, I, I didn't get the impression that this was a done deal, that they're already picking up the phone and this is the guy and, it, you know, it's signed, sealed, and delivered. Like, I really think they're going to they're gonna entertain some things first, but I would yeah. not be surprised at all if they did wind up with Trailer. And they're still at the job, Mike, where maybe the fourth or fifth phone call might be the one that gets it. Right. Um, right. And in, in, in my opinion, this is probably a top 15 job. It's not a top five job. Mm-hmm. coaches know that um obviously though this is a job where you're going to be paid handsomely and and judging by the last guy that got paid to walk i mean if i'm a head coach i would probably take the chance in college station because i know it's just you know generational wealth coming my way one one big game uh hunter that that might be an option there would be lane kiffin and i think i think lane's ready to leave old miss based on these little nuggets he's given us throughout the season. He said after the Georgia game, you know, I, I need more NIL. I, I need more recruiting money. I don't have the 24 or five stars that Georgia has on its roster. He has sort of reached his ceiling at Ole Miss. This is going to be the second 10 win season he's had there. And man, no, nobody else is going to do that at Ole Miss. So mm-hmm. I think if Lane Kiffin wants to compete for a national championship with better talent, you know, why not try A&M? We talked about that and, and I, I hear what you're saying, and I, I certainly can feel the, the frustration that Lane knows he's never going to be in that level of yeah. player pool that some of those other schools do. I just can't see him fitting in College Station long. Like, I just – it'd be entertaining as hell. It's like a reality show to watch Lane Kiffin deal with the boosters at Texas a and I, I I'd love to see it. I just don't know if it would, if it, if it would be for the long run if that actually happened. And, you know, that, that's part of the reason why Deion Sanders is not a legitimate candidate in College Station. I, I was told by one of Deion's people yesterday that he's got to run the ship, and he knows that if he took the A&M job, the boosters would run the ship there. Mm-hmm. And Deion has to have complete control, regardless of the fact the whole transfer portal thing. He can't bring Shadour with him. He can't bring Travis Hunter because of the one-time transfer allowance. So if, if this job would have opened up a year from now, I think Deion would have been a more serious candidate. If I'm Mississippi State, though, I'm definitely calling Dion's people. That's interesting. That's where we were going next. Um, so why? I mean, I know I heard what you said there, but what? What? Why would he be a fit in Starkville? Uh, okay. The the fit in Starkville would be, you know, he knows the geographic region of recruiting at at Jackson State. Okay. Um, it's a it's a big time job in a in a big time conference which, you know, the SEC is going to be light years ahead of the Big 12, the, the new Big 12 that Colorado's about to enter. Um, you know, if but if he goes 4-8 and eight this season at Colorado, you know, I'm, I'm not sure he's going to go 8-4 at Mississippi State based on that schedule. But if I'm Mississippi State, I need, I need social engagement from this next hire because Zach Arnett simply was not that. He, he didn't move the needle at all nationally. Um, and I need an offensive-minded guy like the Dan Mullins like the Mike Leeches and Zach Arnett was the opposite of that too. So um, <laughs> Mississippi State has a good chance to 
you know, make one of these big time G5 type hires. Jamie Chadwell's a guy that if I was Mississippi State's AD, he'd be one of my first calls because eventually, man, Jamie Chadwell is going to coach a Power Five program and he's going to win big. So he, I was about to bring his name up. You did. I'm going to add one to that. Kurt Signetti at James Madison. What about, what, I mean, look at this guy. This guy just wins. I mean, at what point in time is he going to get a phone call from somebody who wants to do the same? His his offensive scheme wins. His defensive scheme, you know, harasses opposing offenses. He, he's like, they're they're JMU's number one in several like I call them havoc categories: sacks, tackles for losses, pressures. They just force the issue on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, Mike Houston, the former JMU coach who's at ECU, uh, his his star was kind of shining bright a couple of years ago too, and, and he he left there for ECU. And I think Signetti is sort of at Mike's level and and then some. So I think it'll be interesting, man. There's a few G5 who are going to get Power 5 jobs this cycle. I think Signetti's one of them. Jamie's probably at Liberty at least one more season. And I think another guy is probably Willie Fritz at Tulane because he's losing Michael Pratt, whether it's to the draft or the transfer portal. So when you lose your best player, it's it's time for you to bank on that and, you know, go somewhere else. Willie's a guy. We talked about him yesterday uh, as well, uh, Brad, uh, Phil, and and um, Schubert and myself. Uh, not a sexy hire. Right. But, I mean, he's got 40 – I think I, I think it's 43 or 44 guys on his roster from the state of Louisiana. And we all know if you can play in the state of Louisiana, we, we know where you're going. Um, very, very few get out of there and go somewhere else or to Tulane for that matter. But, you know, Tulane, how long ago was it, guys? Uh, we, three, two, three, three years ago, four years ago? I mean, they were, they were I mean, one of the laughing stocks of the, in the whole country. And here they are with a chance maybe to play in another New Year's Six. I mean, Willie Fritz is a guy. I mean, there's going to be more coaching changes this year. Yeah. Uh, not just in the SEC. Like, there's going to be more. I don't know where he fits, but I would imagine you're right. He should be getting calls. And then and then the Michigan State job, JB, I was told something this morning on that that I think the Spartans have their guy, and it might be Kansas's Lance Leopold. So that, that's going to be very interesting to follow these next few days or slash weeks. Do, do yeah, he's you, getting a job somewhere. He is. Okay. He, let me he, ask, he, his stock is hot. Let me, ask, hot. Let and, me ba- ask, and, ask both of you a question on that real quick, Leopold. Do y'all see any similarities in in what he has achieved at Kansas to to what we saw just a few years short years ago with Matt Campbell at Iowa State? Except for take the job, Lance. Take right. the job, Lance. Yeah, but 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 Iowa State has more resources than Kansas. Like I could justify staying with Iowa State with a great fan base that that lives for you know Hilton Magic and and. Uh, there, there's enough money there. It's not SEC Big Ten money, but it's better than Kansas. Um, <laughs> now, that being said, if Matt Campbell could could do a have a do-over, take a mulligan, he would have left. <laughs> and I'm sure Lance Leipold, he's not gonna he's not gonna hold on to that. I, there's, there's you mentioned all the names that I have on that. I, I would throw maybe a couple more: John Summerall at Troy uh, and Rhett Lashley. At SMU, SMU's eight and two right now. Lashley's, you know, been a guy that's uh, been around the block, known for his offenses. Just and, and of course, there's always Dan Mullen is going to be rumored out there. I don't know whether or not they'd actually kick the tires on that, but does he uh, want to coach I, again? Does he? Do you think he still wants to get in there and coach? Mississippi the, State 
do worse than rehiring Dan Mullen. Absolutely. And and look, I don't think Dan Dan learned a lot from the Florida experience. He doesn't want that kind of smoke again. But again, Mississippi State's a different level of pressure cooker than Gainesville. I I think he would he would definitely entertain that. These guys that get in the TV, uh, and, and I've I've been around uh, Dan just as I was around Gene Chizik at seminars and other things, and you know they like TV, but what what they do most of the time in, in preparation for TV is they're, they're looking at jobs and going, I I can't believe they hired him. I can't believe he's still there. I can't. In other words, I could do better. And I'm sure there's still a little bit of Dan Mullen that says, yeah, I could go back in there and, and do what I did for nearly a decade, which was win a, a lot of games. He averaged like seven wins a game in Starkville. Not many other people have done that in the history of that program. And, you know, I'm, I'm really interested, Mike, in seeing, you know, what is, what is this wild card job that's not open yet that's going to be open these next few weeks? Obviously, Sam Pittman is probably the next coach to be fired in the SEC, but you know, maybe Matt Brown steps away at UNC, and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. he had this sleeping giant in Chapel Hill that would get a lot of buzz. Um, Matt, Matt Brown's another guy who's sort of an aging coach, and he was sort of waiting to see in Drake May's last season, you know, how far he could take this with the Tar Heels. We, we pretty much know probably a 9-3 and three finish. So, And let me tell you, too, I don't, I don't think the defensive coordinator there is the head coach in waiting anymore. You, UNC would have a mass search. Yeah, agreed. Phil, do you think Brad was listening in on it? I feel smart now. I've, I've mentioned some of these names with no insight in, into anything. I Signetti, now if Max stepped away, Signetti might be a name to keep an eye on at North Carolina. I mean, kind of a similar recruiting area. I don't know. I'm just I'm just spitballing here. The interesting North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> so there, there's, some, there's some unknowns within the ACC moving forward too, so that's something that the new hire would have to – you know, comb through and talk to the AD there. Like, are we going to be in the ACC? Are we going to the Big Ten? A lot, a lot of stuff to be sorted out. Okay, what about big, big jobs? Michigan, for instance. Is Jim Harbaugh returned? Not if he's offered uh, one of these jobs that will come up in the NFL. And, and you guys know I don't follow the NFL nearly as closely as I do college football, but Harbaugh has seemed to have one foot out the door for like three years in Ann Arbor. Like every January, he's getting two or three legitimate interviews in the NFL, and we know, uh, you know, Black Monday is going to happen, and then there's going to be five or six openings. So, with with the NCAA heat there is right now, and you know, several of his coordinators, Sharon Moore included, um, he's a guy who's probably getting a job this cycle, maybe at a G5 if one of those coaches leaves for a Power Five. You know, he might seriously be looking for the NFL. I don't, I don't know who Michigan would hire. Probably some Smash Mouth. Big Ten type coach, though. Okay. Yeah. I think the PR spin on the whole Harbaugh thing has been set up for him to be able to still be marketable at the next level in the NFL without that way he can just move everybody. It can be an amicable separation on everybody's part. Team, Phil. America's team out in Ann Arbor. Yeah. <laughs> what, what about on the other side of that division? The team that's leading it, they can't score, but sweet Jesus, they can play defense. The Iowa Hawkeyes, uh, one of the top four defenses in college football. Matter of fact, the top four defenses in college football are all out of the Big Ten. Um, and part of that is because of the offenses they face, in my opinion. Well, that well, yeah, but, I, you know, give oh. Marcus Satterfield and Nebraska some credit. They can they can score. They, any, anytime they put their defensive end in the game, they've got a chance. Um, 
but there have there have been you've you've seen it here and there. I have no idea if any of it's truthful. It's all just things you read on the internet. The internet generally, whatever they say is true. But you know, Kurt Ferentz could be nearing the end of his tenure. Yeah. Um, there's a guy over at Kentucky that probably knows his way around Iowa pretty well, named Mark Stoops. And he, he might some points. He what? He he might could score some points. The the big thing there though, let's let's say Kirk Ferentz retires and Mark Stoops did take that job. Is is Phil Parker gonna stay as DC? Because he's the guy that wins games for Iowa. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would would he be a, would he be a candidate for a job somewhere? I know he's not a big hot shot offensive coordinator, but if if, if I'm Lincoln Riley, I would call Phil Parker. <laughs> you think if I'm, if I'm Shane Beamer, I'd call him too, just an FYI. But yeah, I, I, I was waiting on Shane to make that call, but since you opened it up, <laughs> <laughs> um, Brad, before we let you get out of here, we know you got a lot going on today. Um, a couple of quick things, too, by the way, from Shane, uh, Joiner, as we expected out this week, Trey Knox is good to go, uh, coming up this weekend. Um, South Carolina's got the Wildcats coming in before the before the Tigers uh, come down next weekend, or that team from the Upstate, I guess, as they're commonly referred to around here. Um, I can really make the argument that uh, Kentucky really hadn't they hadn't done much this year, more than South Carolina has. I mean, they they played Akron, you know, played a couple of teams that are pretty sorry at the top of their schedule, right? And if and if Carolina had done the same thing and not blown that game against the Gators, they'd have the same record, if not a better one. Um, do you think this game – I mean, but it's been perceived that Kentucky's just a better football team by some. After 10 games worth of information here, how do you think this contest matches up? I mean, judging by Spencer Rattler's home and away splits, especially against SEC teams, I think you'd probably have to go with the home team because it's you know it's, it's pretty even across the board. Kentucky's secondary is not quite as bad as South Carolina's, but it's one that the, the Gamecocks could gash, obviously. And th- this is a night game at williams Bryce. We know that Gamecocks historically play pretty well at night under the lights, and, and they're playing for something. Meanwhile, Kentucky, like you said, they started out 5-0, and and they were, what, 1-4 one in, one in or something in the last five weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, Devin Leary, by the way, has been the biggest disappointment from Huge. the at the quarterback spot. And, yeah. I don't, and like, it's it's not all Liam Cohen. It's, it's Leary missing guys. Every now and then he has a real – Really nice NFL type throw to the second level, but he's not played what well, played too well. And th- this is a game for Clayton White's defense that I think the Gamecocks could possibly get pressure too. So um, the the line right now is like Kentucky minus one. It's it's not going to be part of my official plays this week. I'm done trying to predict Gamecock <laughs> outcome. It, it it's <laughs> probably a wise move. It's the most right. non Kentucky Kentucky team in a while. They don't have the big blue wall dominating offensive line. They don't have a typical Brad White defense that, that just causes complete havoc on people. Their games have been pushed around, and, and like you mentioned, Brad, uh, Leary was supposed to be one of the best transfer portal guys in this SEC class, and he's getting outplayed by guys like Graham Mertz. Uh, he, he just has not had it. And so I think it's been the most frustrating year for Mark Stoops on record in a lot of ways. And it does prove another point that I would make last year, and that is – as you watch Will Levis adjusting very well to the NFL, it wasn't all Will's fault last year. They couldn't block anybody. They don't have it. They usually don't get a ton of weapons uh, with skilled players compared to other SEC schools. And even bringing Cohen back, 
Like that offense has been pedestrian at best. Yeah, and and not to pile on Kentucky, but you know you've seen the the two games this season that Kentucky was going to be judged was going to be Georgia and Bama. They lost by thirty each game. Mm-hmm. So so for for Mark Stoops in year eleven, I mean, where does that show that he has really pushed his program forward outside of a couple of ten win seasons because the you know schedule fell in that direction? But um, Stoops is a guy too, by the way. Maybe maybe his star power is um, has diminished since last cycle, but. You know, he was tied to that LSU opening before they hired Brian Kelly. And Jimmy Sexton is his agent. So maybe maybe Mark's looking to leave too. And he's making over nine million a year. That's insane at Kentucky. Yeah. That's yeah. yes, it is. I will leave you with this, Brad. Uh from this morning, uh Mark Stoops asked about Shane Beamer and if there's any edge to his relationship. He said, quote I have no idea where you would get that information from. I have no clue where that would come from. I don't feel that way. Maybe he does. I don't know. You'd have to ask him. I don't feel that at all. It's another game, and we need it for our university and for our players. That's zero to do with me and Shane. Don't you love when coaches pretend they don't know how to use the Internet? (laughs) (laughs) It's it's. It's a clear rivalry. Obviously, Drinkwitz and Shane is a clear rivalry. Um, this this is a game the Gamecocks need to win. Somebody told me this week, man, somebody I respect in, in this industry, that Shane's clock might start if they lose to Kentucky. I don't I don't agree with that. Mm, no. If they get beat by 30 and then lose next week, then, then that changes things. Yeah. You could, people will certainly be talking, but um... – I know one thing, if I know anything, the next two weekend or the next two Saturday nights, at least the start of the game, it's gonna be loud in Williams Bryce Stadium. I mean, if if the game cops win these next two games, all of a sudden year three doesn't look nearly as bad as it did right now. No, not even close. You win the next two games and go win a bowl game, you've won one less game than right. last year with no offensive line, essentially no defense. It would be a, a masterful turnaround. Shane's been pretty good at winning in November since she's been in Columbia. We'll see if they can do And then it you move week. into the offseason with a five-game winning streak. <laughs> they, a, they call that a winning streak. Pretty good they call that a winning streak. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Brad, did we miss anything? Anything you need to squeeze in? You got any? You got anything coming out this week you want the fine the fine audience of ITG to check out? Man, if, if, if anybody has bowl sources in, in Jacksonville or Tampa or hmm. <laughs> let me let me know. I, I I love doing our projections, but man, some of those committees have been real quiet with me the last last couple of weeks. Much much harder this season trying to get an idea of where these SEC teams are going versus the last couple. I I got one for you, Brad, on the yeah. way out. Uh give me a, an over under. How many five and seven teams make a bowl game? So before Mississippi State fired Zach Arnett, they were going to make one at five and seven. Really, um, and and I think JMU and Jacksonville State both are going to play. Um, they, you know, they petitioned the NCAA all year to try to uh, jump in front of one of those five and seven teams. I think right now, though, two weeks from the season ending, we have fifty-seven teams out of eighty-one spots who are bowl eligible. So, so a lot of. A lot of shaking, cool. moving, still to go. And and you think Carolina would be in good shape if they finished five and seven? I need to see where Carolina is on the APR scale. Yeah, I, I'm not sure the Gamecocks would accept a game, uh, an invite if they 
won Saturday night and lost to Clemson. I don't. I don't know. Hmm. All right. Here's yeah. an. Int- here's. Let me throw another interesting one at you. What if the Gators drop their final two contests at Missouri and against Florida State, which seems likely at this point? They finish the year on a five-game losing streak, but it's a five and seven record. Then, if Napier goes one and three in September next year, that's it. Well, what, what, <laughs> I, would they call? Would they qualify for a bowl game at five and seven? With with five straight losses, who in the world is going to watch the Gators? I don't know. They're, I, they're I, not going to go watch them anyway, Brad. Last year you had a 6-6 a six and six Gator team, and people went to Vegas and watched them get smoked by Oregon State. Uh, I, I don't think that's that's exactly what Gator fans want or expect. That's a, that's a TV game only for, for Gator Nation, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we're, we're going to see a record number of opt-outs too, by the way. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing just – you know, the, the shell of these teams that are going to be playing in these pre-New Year's bowl games. Yeah, eventually, I mean, if you don't start tying NIL to postseason, like, in other words, if you don't play in it, you don't get your payout. Like, that's yeah. like every other walk of life. Yeah. Um, if, they don't, if they don't figure out a way to do that, this is going to be an epidemic. It's already on the, on the verge of being such. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I tweeted a few weeks ago that I thought Lenora Sellers would, would start a bowl game if the Gamecocks made one with – Spencer opting out. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I don't. I don't know what Rattler's plans are. Too. We we could talk forever about that. But that that's another interesting dichotomy here. That you know we'll we'll know more in about a week or two. I guess. Yeah. I, I guess we will. I've heard he would play. I've I've heard that from my, what I would call a pretty good source on it. But things change. We all know that, and it changed quickly. Got to win. Um, yeah, got to win. He's got to win. Got to win games. You can start talking about all that stuff. There's no doubt. Brad, I really appreciate you clearing your schedule for us, man. It means a lot. Glad to have you. Love to have you back here as soon as we can. Uh, I know the end of the season is going to be busy for you, but uh, so we'll, we'll we'll wait until they uh, get through rivalry weekend, and then we'll get you in for the, the championships and the bowls and all that type of stuff. Sound good, fellas. Thank you, brother. Thanks, See Brad. You, Brad. There you go, Brad Crawford from beautiful Monk's Corner, South Carolina, born and raised. In case I didn't know that. Didn't know that. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he does. Yeah. He does a good job. Um, he does. And good person. You know, I'm not in the business of of breaking news. That's not my job. But needless to say, I've, I've, I'm I'm around some people, some of the same circles, I guess you could say he is, and um, hearing some of the same names and same storylines that he is. I I do think, and I was asked about this on a another show, which clearly was inferior to ITG. Um, the chances of Spencer Rattler coming back for another year, and the justification would be. Well, I'm the the host said I don't know if this is true. You know, I'm hearing he's going to be a third round pick, and uh, you know he's making a lot of nil, which he is a seven figure guy nil. I know that for a fact. I don't think there's any chance of that. He'd be 24, playing another year of college football, and honestly, I think tape. You know, I used to say after for the NBA draft, the worst thing for GG Jackson was going to be tape. That's why he went second round and not lottery pick like he was supposed to. Tape will benefit Spencer Rattler because they will look at those stats and then they'll look at the tape and they'll be like, holy crap, he did all this with no offensive line and other than 17, no special weapon. And even when they lost tough games and he and he had no time to throw, he didn't sell his linemen out. He stayed positive. His body English was good. He didn't pout. He throws a pretty ball. He's incredibly accurate. Imagine if he had the weapons around him that we can provide in the NFL. I think tape 
will serve Rattler well. I don't think another year enhances his stock a whole lot. In other words, I think he gone. Yeah, I think he will be turning his attention to the NFL. There's, you know, there's no doubt. I, again, I've got a pretty good source on this that that says he'll probably play, and the NFL wants to see him play in a bowl game, um, and, yep. because that's a part of his piece of uh-huh. being the teammate that he is and, and all that type stuff. And and um, and it would be a lot better, more beneficial to him to go play in one more game. Yep. And and Jamie, yeah. this is the one of the few positives you can pluck from playing in a tier two, tier three bowl game. Yeah, he'll be matched up. I mean, I, I've gone over some of the uh, possibilities over on this show. You know, it's gone everything from the Gasparillo Bowl to the Armed Forces Bowl to the and and the, the opponents have been everything from Georgia State to blah blah blah. In other words, he'll play in a bowl game where scouts will be watching, where he's not going up against an SEC caliber defense. He's not going to be running for his life all day long. They should be able to block the kind of defenses that Carolina will likely face in a potential bowl matchup. So Spencer could actually shine in that bowl game as well as he has shined all year. Um, So I think it would actually be beneficial for him. Austin, I got news for you. He's already getting paid, my man. He's already getting paid. So seven he, figures. I promise seven, you. Seven two commas. Yeah, I promise you. Uh, just, just let's let's just say this. I know y'all don't like to trust us sometimes, but just trust me, okay? Well, he he who who doesn't know that? I I, I don't know, but he doesn't. He, I, I'm <laughs> I'm just telling you he, this this cat. There's a look. Things can change. They absolutely can change. Mm. Okay, they absolutely can change for one reason or another. But I'm just telling you what people are saying. It ain't a bad thing for him to go play in the bowl game, and he wants to play. He wants to play. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe we'll let him make that decision instead of telling him what, what he should or shouldn't do. All right, we'll, well hit a uh, – yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll hit our final uh, timeout, and we'll be right back here on ITG. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Cold Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online. Nanasports.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. 
For chicken cock, we get a medium to medium plus toast. The char level, we use a number three level char. If you char it too deep, you start burning away some of those flavor components that you just created. If you just char a barrel and you don't toast it, you're going to create some of those flavors just on a thin layer just inside the char, but not the actual depth and full extent of flavors uh, that you're going to get if you toast it properly. All those elements, that's exactly what they do. They boil down to great flavor. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. Go Gamecocks. This break is presented by Billy G's Carolina Barbecue, the state newspaper's 2023 winner for best catering, best barbecue, and best food truck. Visit BillyG'sCarolinaBarbecue.com for all of your catering needs. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Welcome to Palm Casual Patio Furniture. Because we are the factory, Palm Casual has the ability to offer the highest quality outdoor furniture paired with world-class service. Since 1979, our factory showrooms have done our best to make the buying process as easy as possible for our customers. Our understanding of the many factors that go into your decision has helped us create our 30-day trial period that increases the level of comfort our customers feel during the shopping experience. Visit us in Somerville and online at palmcasual.com. Gamecock owned and operated. Michael Campbell arrived at South Carolina in 2003 after growing up in Virginia and was dubbed the Winchester Rifle by Gamecock's great Tommy Moody in the broadcast booth. He left in 2006 a legend. A career 315 hitter and 20th round draft pick of the San Diego Padres, Campbell was first all-time in games played at bats and triples, second all-time in hits with 299 singles and total bases, third all-time in doubles, top 10 in runs scored and RBI, and he hit 31 home runs in his career for the Gamecocks. Now he's passing his knowledge to the next generation through his business, Soup's Swing Shop. If your son or daughter wants to improve their game, Soup's Swing Shop offers virtual lessons. Mike will connect with you, diagnose your swing, and create a special game plan to help improve it. Call him at 859-414-8240. Email soupsswingshop at gmail.com or find them on social media and on the Chief Sports app. Soup's Swing Shop. Play ball. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say, and so does the Barn Doe Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock, owned and operated. Thunder, feel the thunder. 
want anybody who should be uh, opting out, it's Xavier Leggett. The year he's having, holy smokes, he can flat out move. There's a guy I mean, who's going. Playing your way into some money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> holy moly. Uh, just flat out unbelievable and hoping to be unbelievable again coming up this weekend. Quick shout out to on Joiner. We promoted this last week for him. Uh, over $6,000 raised for over 24,000 meals as part of his holiday food drive. Over 24,000 meals raised by DeCarion Joiner. That is nuts. Hats off to him. Probably going to end up being the governor one day. Uh, he should be if he ever wants to get into politics. If he doesn't, I wouldn't blame him. But um, one of the finest humans out there and... I sure as hell hope we get a chance to see him play again um, because uh, I know there was a portion of people, Mike, and I know you always laugh at these, and they are idiots. Well, let's just be honest. So, yeah, if I'm if you're getting offended by that, then, yes, I'm probably talking to you um, who did nothing but bitch and moan about how slow he was and how he can't help anybody anymore and blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, the expectations that you individually had for this football team probably wouldn't have been there had it not been for him saving the day multiple times over the last few years uh he's just as fine of a human as there is out there and it stinks that he's hurt um but hopefully we get to see him one more time before he's gone because uh he's been he has been something special for this for this university he could have transferred and he never did it he stuck to his word and stayed right here you're gonna have to forgive me who are we on again to carry on oh okay i I thought you were talking about Leggett, I was like, is there an injury? I don't know. No, 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 no. Um, he was hurt. He's good now. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, um, no, he's been like you said. He's been a a model uh, student athlete. I know that that term kind of makes people roll their eyes at, at times, but but there are still some that do it right, and uh, certainly he's been a guy who could have complained uh, about a number of things. And it's so easy now. So coaches say all the time and, and, and talk to me about how there's just so many kids that they just are ready to pull the, the ripcord the moment of any adversity or something doesn't go their way. I'm going to transfer. I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. And more often than not, that's not the best solution, not only for college uh, athletics, but just life in general. So I certainly agree with your uh, sentiments there and see if he has a strong finish. Yeah. I uh, hopefully hope he, hope he can get back before the Clemson game um, because uh, he's, <laughs> it's crazy um, that, um, that he has been called on consistently to save the day. <laughs> I mean, Hey, we don't have any wide receivers. I'll play wide receiver. Okay, put him out there. Hey, we don't have any safeties. I'll play safety. Put him out there. Well, let's not leave him there. Let's move him back to wide receiver. Okay, we don't have any running backs. All right, I'll play. You know, they screwed him up by putting 20 pounds on him. They should have just left him at his weight. 
Um, but um, you know, the guy, hey, we, we don't have a quarterback this game. I'll, I'll play quarterback. Okay. I mean, he just has done nothing but help this team. The few games that they've won around here for the last few years, uh, he's done nothing but help them win. So, um, crazy, crazy. But uh, hopefully, congratulations to him. Over over 24,000 meals provided by on Joiner just in the last couple of weeks. That's insane. Um. Shane Beamer, a couple of uh, quick notes from his press conference, uh, and and I think that um, that these are these are worthy talking points. Um, one, he's on his assistants. He said he knows it's the time of the year where his assistants can get contacted, and he just tells his guys to keep keep him notified um, because it's happening. We all know that it's happening. The other is he said he, he finds this trend disturbing that people are getting fired in November because you now have this thing called the transfer portal and you also have this thing called the early signing period just a few weeks away. And guys are just getting tossed to the side in November without a chance to, you know, to to be able to, A, capitalize on that, B, also – you know, you get fired, you don't have a new coach in, that transfer portal and that early signing period could be really, really detrimental to the future of your program. Well, I think um, that's why some teams are moving early. They want the new guy in place before, yeah. was it December 6th, that the <laughs> portal, it's first week of December, might have the day off uh, by a, a day or two, but I, I think I think you're going to see more of this. I don't. Yeah. I think it's going to be November firings from here on out for the most part. You know, Sam Pittman... I was taking a look at, at Missouri's schedule, and we'll maybe we'll do a drive around the SEC tomorrow um, on the program. I, I'm going to have to shuffle my days up because I'm flying. Oh, are you tomorrow get, with us? I, well, I was going to uh, talk to you about that. I've, I've got to fly to Gainesville Thursday yeah. for a Florida, right. Florida State basketball game, and then I'll go to uh, San Francisco for the 49ers. I'll get to see uh, Debo. Go from Jadavion to, to Debo in back-to-back weeks. That's not a bad uh, – yeah, Gamecock alumni uh, base right there, but um, you know they got Arkansas's got FIU. FIU's terrible. So after they beat FIU, then they're at home on the on the Friday after Thanksgiving against Missouri, and that's kind of a rivalry. If somehow Pittman, I think I think they feel like they owe Pittman a chance to 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 go to to go to bat and go to war in that game. Um. If it does, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they'll maybe they'll do something before then. And if he wins the game, then it becomes really hard to to fire him. But um, I I just think there all the signs are there that there's going to be a uh, a change there as well. Because again, you just don't want to wait till after the portal starts to make these moves. So I I think this is the new norm. November fire first half of November firings. You're going to see more of them year and year. Year in year out in college football, it's a it is a trend. There's no doubt. I don't disagree with you. Oh, when did Muschamp get fired? That was November, right? No, because they started no. the season late. Over. Yeah. Well, oh, okay. okay. Well, we. It, it was. The, it might have been the end of November. Remember, they started the year late. They started like September well, 26 that year. I mean, I called the Missouri game, and that was. It happened right after that, or shortly I mean, thereafter. N- nonetheless, it was during the season. To your it point. was during the season. Yeah, the point is still that it was during the season, and it, it and so ads are not going to wait till the final game anymore. Yeah, 
So chances are every Gamecock football coach that gets fired from now until the end of time, it'll happen before the Clemson game and not after. Mm-hmm. And before you think, well, that's a morbid thought, Mike. No, it's just reality. Every other school is going to fire football coaches. <laughs> yeah, it's going to. All these guys are getting hired to get fired, which goes back to our buyout conversation at the top of this show. It is only just getting started here at the beginning of November in this cycle. There's no doubt. We're out of time here. It is two o'clock on this uh, Tuesday afternoon tomorrow mike will be rejoining us and i believe we also have matt anderson from the late night gamecock show tomorrow uh as well and uh, so we've got plenty to get to and we will have our salsaritas winner and we'll with with your blessing jamie yes do a little fab five tomorrow instead of thursday that sounds wonderful to me do a love chevy drive around the sec tomorrow instead of today yeah and uh and remind everybody every day that Gary Patterson is a great human being and a great real estate, excuse me, real estate, a great state farm insurance agent at GaryPatterson.net. And, of course, Brian Spencer. I don't know if he's a great person, but he, damn it, he's great at one thing, and that is making sure you got the best Medicare coverage, palmetto-medicare.com. Jay Diz, I will conflate the two. What are you critical of, of to carry on Joyner? What could you possibly be critical of of his play on the field? That Are you going all J.C. Postal at the very end of the show? I'm just going to leave it because we can cut it off when we want to. <laughs> that is just a stupid comment. It really is. Don't tell me, number one, it. how to do my job. Number two, I'm not conflating anything. Anybody that's critical of the carry-on joiner hasn't watched him play. He's doing everything and has done everything he can do. So you can take that and shove it back in your pipe and have a nice afternoon. We'll see you tomorrow at 11 on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. God help you.